Okay, good evening. <coughs> and a good freilich, a freilich, a chaydish, a happy chaydish for everyone who mo- month, chaydish ador. Should only be brachas and, 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 and light and blessings and happiness for all the Jewish people. Um, tonight's class was dedicated by my dear friend, Reb Shleimer Goldner. And this is in honor of his uncle, whose yard site is today, Moshe Ben Reb Asha Yeshaya. Make sure that was correct. Moshe Ben Reb Asha Yeshaya. Halevi. Yeah, Moshe Neshama have an aliyah. Yard site is today. Okay, to the greatest of heights. Um, all those who need a rafua should have a rafua. All those who need. For any, there also be a ischus for those that are were injured in Florida and those who need a refuah and the lily nishmas, all those pure neshamis that left this world and Hashem <coughs> end all this madness and bring us to Geula Shalema already now. Um, we're being that it's. <coughs> already it's Pasha's Truma. We finished already the discourses on Pasha's Truma besides a little piece in um, the end which is very Kabbalistic and I always want to learn it but I didn't gather up enough courage to uh, to go for it this year. So we're going to leave that Be'ezus Hashem for next year hopefully in our small little room we're reserving in the third base Amigdash for the Thursday night class. I'm sure they'll give us a little room because I don't know if anybody called the room yet. We called it, so maybe they'll give it to us. Well, we can learn Thursday night, even after Mashiach comes, in the third base of Migdash, we can have our shir. Okay, that's, that's, that's the uh, request. Um, yesterday I was learning Rambam, and um, in the Rambam I was talking about Bikurim, and it says how the Jew, when you brought Bikurim, which is the first fruits, the ripe fruits, you have to bring it up to the Beis HaMikdash. And uh, when you bring it up to the Beis HaMikdash, um, it says that you can, you know, you carry it, you can have your servant carry it or whatever, but when the time, when you get to the Harabais, no matter who you are, even if you're the king, and even if you're Melech Gadel, even if you're like a super big king, like the, you still need to carry it up on your own shoulder and bring it into the base of Mingdash. And then the Kohen would come and we'd take it and he'd put his hand underneath it and he would wave it, the Bikurim. So, you know, I'm learning Rambam and I had a, and I, and I, and I, and I said, a Melech, God, the big Melech, that's Moshiach, said Kenu. That's the big Melech. And for some reason I had the chutzpah. I don't know why I had the chutzpah, but I had the chutzpah because I'm a Kohen. So I, I said a prayer. I said, Ebishter, just give me one zuchus, one zuchus, that when Mashiach brings Bikurim, they should let me be the Kayan to go and lift it with him. I said, what a daring chutzpah from all the Kayara. <laughs> but I said, listen, I don't know if anybody else prayed for this. So I put in a prayer. You know, I don't know who, who learned Rambam. See, one of the things that you gain by being very Mashiach conscious is you can hop a tefillah like this, or else you're not so Mashiach conscious, then you don't immediately associate a big king with Mashiach, so you don't ask that request. 
So maybe that's a little reward for being Mashiach conscious and thinking about it all day. So you make associations. Okay. That's why I know Rachel is masking that I should be the Kohen to do that. Okay, good. Very good. Very good. Now we're ready to learn. <coughs> so we're going to learn about, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Alter Rebbe uh, on Megillah Esther is like on a whole different level. So we're going to learn a mimer we didn't learn yet. Um, this is all the way in the end of the Megillah Sester. The, the Psukim, Mamash, the last few Psukim, like 10 Psukim before the end, the Psukim, the Pasuk is summarizing why we have Purim, why Purim was instituted. So it says that a Kihaman Harasha Hagagi thought very bad thoughts against the Jewish people. Chashavala Yehudim, he had these negative thoughts. And these evil schemes and desires to wipe them out, to destroy them, and to hurt them. And then the passage continues. And when she came, referring to Esther, Omar, the king, said, with the new books, because initially they sent books, meaning letters everywhere, scrolls, to which it, which it said the edict to destroy the Jewish people. But now they sent new sfarim, New, uh, uh, a, a new book, so to speak, in which they wrote that the Jewish people can stand up. And so Omar, he said, Im HaSefer, with the new books that they send, it says, Yashiv Hara, let his negative thoughts be turned over, Al Roishai on his own head, Vitalu Oisai, and they hung him, because he wanted to harm the Jewish people. In the end, he ended up harming himself, and they hung him and his children on the, on the tree, and, 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 and all these Amalikes uh, were destroyed. Oh, we just made the dedication. I started, I started, I started just now. So that's what it says over here. When he came before the king, Omar, he said, with the Sefer, Yashav should return so just uh, again, so again, the, the Megillah is summarizing, I'll just repeat it for you, because the Megillah is summarizing how after Ahasuerus, like, like what's, what's the miracle of Purim? So Purim, initially Haman had a bad thought, and he wanted to destroy, Mamash, these are the last few psukim in the Megillah, and he wanted to destroy the Jewish people. But then when she came in front of the king, who's, who Esther came in front of the king, Omar, the king, said, Im HaSefer, by writing new svarim, Yashuv Machshav Tehara. So his negative thought should be turned back, al Roisha on his own head, V'tolu Oisei L'Abana So the Alter Rebbe is going to explain the Pnimius in Yanim. Um, what's this whole idea? Two, two things. What does it mean, B'voyoy L'fnei HaMelech? What is the Pnimius of Esther coming before the king? In addition to its physical meaning, that Esther HaMalka down here in this world came before uh, came before Ahasuerus to plead. But it has a deeper meaning, because we know what the Chazal tells us that whenever it says HaMelech in the Megillah, it's referring to the Eberster. It's referring to God, because Hashem's name is not mentioned explicit in the Megillah. Esther, we know, is not just Esther. Esther is the Holy Shekhinah. Esther is referring to all the Jewish people, all of our Neshamas, all of our souls is called Esther. So we can understand the meaning when it says that Esther is coming in front of the Ebershter. The Shekhinah is approaching Akadosh Baruch Hu, approaching the Ebershter. 
all the Jewish neshamas are coming in front of Hashem. But the Alter Rebbe is going to learn the words lifnei hamelech doesn't mean that they come in front of the king, but lifnei hamelech coming above the king. And it's similar to the idea we know that Yom Kippur and Purim are very deeply related to each other. So on regards to, because the Gezayar says that Yom Kippur is called Yom Kippurim, it's like Purim. Now by Yom Kippur we say lifnei Hashem titoru. So always the usual understanding of lifnei Hashem means in front of God. But the deeper meaning is not in front of God, the deeper meaning is lifnei higher than the Yudke Vavke. We, we reach higher. So the Alter Rebbe is going to explain over here too, Ubevaya lifnei ha-melech means to come above the level called Melech. We surpass Malchus. We go to a much deeper level, Esther, the Shechina rises, the Nishamas rise to a much deeper place, lifnei ha-melech, in front of the Melech, above the Melech. When that happens, then there is this effect in which Omar ima sefer yashav hara, which means that causes, we're going to see soon, it causes to bring all the klipas and all the chaleris, all the, all, all the low lives, all the forces of Amalek and darkness and anti-Semites, all these forces of evil that are in the world, the Rebbe is going to explain, when we rise up to a very high place, we cause them also to rise. And when we cause them to rise, but for them it's very, very bad when they rise. Because when they're in a lowly place, when they're very low, then no one pays attention to them. So they can continue acting and behaving very corrupt, and there is no retribution for their corruptness because no one pays attention to them. He's going to give a marshal that when there is um, uh, something really, really disgusting, horrible in the bathroom, okay, it's in the bathroom. It doesn't really, it's not going to cause such a commotion. But if it happens in the middle of the wedding hall or something like that, immediately they're going to sweep it out. So it says that when klipa, as long as klipa is at the very, very bottom, the bottom, bottom of the barrel, then they can survive and they can, they can, they can, they can continue. There's no reason because there's a place for everything. And there's a place for evil also at the very, very, very bottom of existence. But when evil rises to a higher place, and when they come, they try to come into the inside, then they get scrutinized. And when they get scrutinized, they get banished and they get wiped away. So this is the idea is going to explain how im ha-sefer, when the klipa rises in front of the sefer, he's going to explain what sefer is. Sefer is a higher place, a place of scrutiny, then Yashiv Machshafta Yara, then the entire clip is demolished and destroyed and wiped out. And, it, and it, it's a very interesting idea which I think also relates to the very, 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 very end of days as, as, as comes out from the Mimer. We're going to see Be'ez Hashem soon. Okay, let's read inside. Because he's going to explain, what does this mean? Im HaSefert, with the Sefer, then Yashiv Machshafta Yara. So Al-Pipashtis it means... With the new books that they're going to send, that's how they're going to revert his bad thought that he had, al-Rosha on his head. But the Rebbe is going to explain much deeper what it means. Im ha-sefer, if you bring Haman and his, and his, uh, his cronies, his, his, his group of people, you bring them into the Sefer, they can't stand it. They need to stay below the Sefer. The moment you put them in in front of the Sefer, they're scanned, and in that scanning, they're destroyed. That's what he's going to explain. That's the Teichan of the Mimer. But let's read inside. The world, the duration of, the, of, of creation, 
uh, history is for 6,000 years. 6,000 years is the world, v'chad charuv, and then the seventh millennium, the world is destroyed. Charuv, the world is, is nechrav. Apipashtis, if you don't understand this well, it means, God forbid, that the seventh millennium, the Abishtu will bring destruction unto the entire world, which is really, really, really a frightening thing. Why would we be working so hard to develop the world? Where are we holding it now? We're now 5,778 years. We're pretty close to the year 6,000. So we're pretty close to the seventh millennium. And we know we're working and working and working and working on refining, rectifying, purifying. That's the sum total of all the collective work of all of humanity, especially of the Jewish people with all our mysterious nefesh. Now we know the days of Mashiach are upon us any day, any moment, any second. So, okay, so that's for what? For 200 and now we're holding 221 years. There's 221 years until Elif Hashish. So for what? So should we should have a good time for 221 years. For that we had five and a half thousand years of suffering. And then chas afterwards God is going to destroy the world. What's the point? So Hasidus explains that chat haruv doesn't mean a destruction of the world. It means a destruction of our experience as we know it. But in the, quite in the contrary, we enter into the ultimate state of tranquility. It's a state where there's no more need for purification. There's no more need for reaching for higher and reaching for higher because we enter into a state of the utmost attachment to the Ebershter for a thousand years. What happens after that thousand years? After that, it's not over. Then we kind of enter into a whole new level of avoda, of service. And we, and we purify and purify and go. And it's another Shemitah. It's another 7,000 years. And then that, set, that Yom Shekulei Shabbos is on a total, on a complete different level. But as we see. So the Chat Charuv and one of it is, 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 is destroyed. So what does that mean? Shehu Bibchenes Menucha. The seventh millennium is a time of Menucha, of rest. She'ein boya liyos ve'yeridos. There is no more ascents and descents. Because the entire days of this world is a roller coaster. Shis al the 6,000 years, is descents and ascents. Whether in Nishamas and souls, whether in our bodies, means materially and spiritually, regarding our body and our spirit. There are times that the Jewish people are in a higher state, and there are times we're in a lower state, but even in the physical sense, there's many times that the Jewish people had times of tranquility and peace. We lived in a good time, like the golden era of Spain. But more than that, the time of the first base of English, time of the second base of English. There were times when it was good for Yidin, that was good for the Jewish people. But and afterwards we've gone through rough times. So there's a sense ups and downs. The whole time of history is ups and downs. But he says, even the downs are all for the sake of a higher aliyah. We always know the rule. This is God's world. And the Abishter is the epitome of good. So if the Abishter is the epitome of good, there can't be any falling back just for the sake of falling back. If there is a descent, if there is a slippery slope in which we fall, it's so that we can come back, but next time we can come back higher than we were before. Every descent, is the sake of an ascent. Every time. He generally says this aliyah that we're talking about, the ultimate aliyah, both on soul level and on body level, are divided for, in two that are four. 
What does it mean to? Two aliyahs for the neshama and two aliyahs for the body. What does that mean? There are two general aliyahs. Like it says when we went out of Mitzrayim, the Abish says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm taking you down. But also, um, uh, he says, ki, um, what's the Lashon over there? Oloi uh, Nala, not the Lashon, they, they said Oloi Nala. The Abish said to, 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 to Yaakov, don't be afraid. I'm going to bring you up and I'm going to bring you up. So there is a double aliyah. What's the double aliyah? So he says, first of all, to Neshama, there's two levels of aliyah. When Neshamas go out of this world, so there is a, there is a process, and there might be some kind of a descent also, because we know Neshamas sometimes need to go take a quick dip in places that we don't want to talk about. But eventually, the Neshama comes out of that. And where does it go? It goes up to an aliyah. What's the aliyah Ganeiden? And then it goes up to a higher aliyah, because in Ganeiden itself, there's general two levels of Ganeiden, a lower Ganeiden and a higher Ganeiden. Ganeiden atachta in the lower Ganeiden, the alien and the higher Ganeiden. Ushtayim legufais, but there's also two aliyos for bodies. Shehem, the Ganeiden is only to neshamas. There's no bodies there. But then after Tchias Amesim or the end, no, there's, I'm sorry, in the end of days, there is going to be two aliyos for the Jewish people in their bodies. Shem Yamoisa Mashiach, the days of Mashiach which is, uh, right, that's the first stage of, of time, of a wonderful, wonderful, incredible time, which is the days of Moshiach. And after that, and afterwards is the resurrection of the dead. Which we know that life after the resurrection of the dead is going to be far, far, far greater than even after Yemoisa Moshiach. Because Yemoisa Moshiach has two stages. First, Yemoisa Moshiach, and it's going to be very good for the Jewish people then. The world, the whole world is going to be in a state of peace. And there's going to be abundance and wealth. And we're going to have a base on Shashlishi. And we're going to serve the Abish. The world's going to be filled with knowledge. It's going to be an incredible time. But that's just a preparatory stage for the next stage of Tchias Amesim, which we're going to enter into a much higher level of existence. That's Arba. Two for the Neshama and two for the body. And on these aliyos, on these elevations, it's a, and, and here's understanding. Every Yerida that there was, every fall that we had, Golos, and then within Golos itself, falling, and, and also our spiritual falls. When we fall down, and we make mistakes, and we go through darkness, and so on and so forth, all of this eventually causes us to do tshuva, it causes us to return, it causes us to bring us to an ultimate higher place. So everything we've ever had, is ultimately to bring us to the great Aliyah. So, the Aliyah Salalu, and on these Aliyahs Nemar, Yechu Mechayel Elchoyel. They go from strength to strength. There are many different types, variations of elevations to the Nefashis, to the souls. Meaning, even though we spoke about two general Aliyahs, it's not just two general Aliyahs, it's, it's the two are general. But then specifically, more in particular, it goes higher and higher and higher because it says every Shabbos, first of all, it says three times a day Neshamas are elevated. Right? Three times a day. Each tefillah, Neshamas are elevated. Then it says that Shabbos is an aliyah to a higher level. And every Shabbos, they're not going back to the same level. Every Shabbos, they're going to higher levels of tanugim, higher levels of pleasure. And there are many different types of hecholos. He's talking about the spiritual realm. There are many types of chambers 
which in each chamber is higher levels of spiritual delight. In Ganeiden, levels upon levels. That's called Beis Hanoshim. He's using the Megillah, because the Megillah is also a metaphor. In the Megillah it says that all the women that came to see the king, Achashverosh, that were, that were contestants to marry the king, so they were all gathered in this woman's chamber, Beis Hanoshim. And then later it says, she goes to a second. In other words, the girls that never met the king yet, they were kept in one quarters. One base on Nashim, one's woman's quarter. Once they were by the king, they weren't sent home because the king might still decide that that was the queen. That's the one. So then they were sent to another base on Nashim. So what does the Altarev say? These two women, base on Nashim are Nishamas. All souls are female. Because to Hashem, all Nishamas are recipients. Hashem is the mashpi, Hashem is the male, and the neshama is a female. So what's Beis HaNashim? What's the home for souls? The home for, for souls is Gan Eden. So you have to read the Megillah a little different. <laughs> we read the Megillah, okay, it's a story over here, Achashverosh, a human king, he has a harem, he's getting all the girls together. But what's the deeper meaning over here? There is a palace of neshamas, where all souls are preparing to meet the king. And that's Gan Eden. U Beis HaNashim Sheini, and the second Beis HaNashim, Ganeiden Tachten, the Ganeiden Elyon. There's a lower Ganeiden and there's a higher Ganeiden. But we know that you can't just go from one Ganeiden to the next Ganeiden because the level of the higher Ganeiden is so much brighter and so of such superiority, the first Ganeiden, that, that it says that an Ashama has to go through a, a, a very intense experience between Ganeiden and Ganeiden. And he says, V'yesh Nahar, and there's a river, Dinor. We know it's called Nahar Dinor. Here he splits the word Dinor into two words, Dinor, which means Dinor, a, a, a river of fire. Hamafsik that separates Bein Aliyah, between one Aliyah and the Aliyah. Kiba Aliyah, what does that mean? And it says that the Nishamas have to toivel, they have to dip in the river of fire. We dip in, a, in, in a water, and the shamas up there, since their shamas are made out of fire light, so when they go to the mikvah, they go to a river of fire. This is not Gehenim Chas this is, this is a purification that happens between Ganeiden and Ganeiden. Why? Because when the shamas go up from one level, to a higher, to a madrega cheres, to another level that is above toiveles, the neshama has to dip benahar dinor in a nohar in a river of nor of fire. Why? Shuhu bechenas hamevatel. What does the nahar dinor do? It cancels umeshakeach, and it wipes the hard drive clean. Umeshakeach, and it makes forget malosay harishayna. The first quality that the neshama has attained, shiva kala ukaayin, and it cancels it to consider that level of spiritual uh, awareness or spiritual gain that the neshama received, comprehension, understanding of the divine that the neshama experienced in the first ganeidet. When the neshama goes through this nahar dinar, it's almost like it experiences a a sharp awakening that tells it, you know nothing. That's called fire. It's like a person thinks he knows, a person, generally a person thinks, I know, it's like a person who's a very big lamdin, and he learned, and he knows, and he knows the sugya really well. But the problem with this guy is that he's a little bit inflated with his own, with his own knowledge. 
because he's so proud of what he knows. And because he's so proud of what he knows, he can't really go to a new teacher and the new teacher is going to teach him like new wisdom because he's not bottled, because he knows it all. So therefore, he has to sit with a few chassidim and the chassidim will not be in other words, they'll, they'll sit with him and they'll suddenly show him that he doesn't know. He thinks he knows. They'll, they'll show him that the, the, he's going to learn the sugi with them and suddenly they're going to suddenly reveal to him that the vase garnished. And in that, that's called fire because they're putting him through the fire which suddenly took his big knowledge that he knew and shrunk it to nothingness. In that nothingness, he becomes humble and he becomes a keli now to go to a whole new experience. So that's what it says in some way, Nishamas and Ganeidin, because the perception of the lower Ganeidin is considered so minuscule and so, so coarse, literally, it's coarse, it's, it's, it's dense, considering the perception of the Nishama and the higher Ganeidin. But as long as the Nisham is holding on to its previous dense understanding, it's not, it's not able to come into a more edelah, more refined understanding. So it needs to go, it seems like the Nahar dinner is a little bit of a painful experience, as we said now, anytime you have bittel, bittel can be painful. It's the, it's the nullification, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's basically, it's the slap down, where the Nishama gets slapped down a little bit from its understanding, so it realizes that they've garnished, and out of this garnishness, out of this nothingness that the Nisham experiences, it becomes a keli not to go to the higher Ganid. In order for the Nishama to be, so the Nishama should come to a state of bittel. And as a result of the Nishama's bittel, it can now be nichlal. Nichlal means the Nishama can now be absorbed. On a higher aliyah, that is much higher than where the neshama was before. So the soul goes to Gan Eden. It has great teachings. It learns. It's like, whoa. It thinks it's, the, it thinks it's like, whoa. It knows Hashem like no one knows. And then they, suddenly it's, it's, it's dipped into this river that kind of makes, it completely says, makes nothing out of whatever the neshama knew. And said, you know nothing. That nothingness knocks the humility, it breaks the ego, so to speak, if it's shayach by a neshama to have a sense of pride, a sense of self, a sense of accomplishment, it reduces the neshama to nothingness, and from that nothing, it can now enter into an experience that's much higher. The, the Hasidus and other places, see, it's interesting, this is the first place I've seen that the Nahar Dinar is a, it causes the neshama to realize that whatever it knew is nothing, and it's, it's more like a, it, 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 as I said earlier, it's a, it's a slap down. It's slapping the neshama down from its sense of accomplishment. In other places, it gives the example of Reb Zera, That Reb Zera had, uh, was studying for many, many years. Reb Zera was one of the Talmudic sages. And he studied many, many years in Bavel. And then at a certain point, he wanted to go learn Torah in Eretz Yisrael. So he went and he fasted for 40 days. So he should forget everything they learned in Bavel. So he david, he fasted, so he was a way of tefillah, that he should forget everything that he learned in Bavel, so he should be able to go to learn in Yerushalayim, in Eretz Yisrael. Because ain't Torah Keteris Eretz Yisrael. Because the Torah in Eretz Yisrael was so much greater than the Torah they taught in Bavel. So therefore, he fasted that he should forget. Which means that sometimes, you know, as long as you're holding on to old perceptions, you don't have the ability to be able to perceive something so much deeper and so much higher. So, and this is also hinted to in when it says in the Pasuk, 
Yeah? It says, and with this, the maiden comes before the king. The young, the, the, the young girl comes before the king. How? So the Alter Rebbe explains the word bazeh means with bitl. Why? Because Chazal say, amazing, Chazal say that there's two um, ways that Nevuah comes. There's two prophecies, two levels of prophecies. One of them is called Aspaklaria She'eno Me'ira and the other one is called Aspaklaria Ha'me'ira. What does that mean? It's talking about two types of visions. Most of the Nevi'ah, most of the prophets, when they said Nevi'ah, they used the word Koi Amar Hashem. Not just most of the prophets, all the prophets. They always said Koi Amar Hashem, so said God. Moshe Rabbeinu said Zeh. Zeh HaDover HaShetziv HaShem. What Zeh? Zeh means absolute clarity. Zeh, you can point with your finger and say this is it. So it says, why did Moshe Rabbeinu able to say Zeh? And the other Nevi'im were only able to say Koi. The answer is, because Moshe had a very clear vision. But why did Moshe have a clear vision? See, the amount of perception of godliness is dependent on the amount of bitl, the amount of, the amount of anava and true humility. The more humble one is, meaning the, la- the less self-conscious and the self-aware that a person is, the higher their experience of the divine can be. And therefore the other Nevi'im, even though they were very great, they had a certain, they still had a little bit of a sense of self. They had a little bit of a self-consciousness. Moshe Rabbeinu was totally bottle. He was nullified to the point that he had no sense of self. His entire awareness was only of the Ebishter. Nothing existed but God. In Moshe's reality, there was absolutely nothing by Hashem. So he can see Hashem clearly because there's no ego blocking. There's no self there blocking at all. That's the meaning, and that's the madrega of Zeh. The madrega of Zeh is when you're, when you're bottle betachlis, you have total bittle. By Kriyas Yamsov, the Yidin were in that state. So they were able to say, Zeh keli, this is my God. So this is the meaning. Ubaz Hanaira is the neshama. Neshama. Balifnei HaMelech means the neshama is coming to perceive Hashem. How does the neshama come to perceive Hashem? Ubazeh, with a bitl, with the total nullification. As we said earlier, the neshama has to be dipped in the Nahar Dinar. That river of fire nullifies the ego. Talk about a neshama, but even a neshama can have a slight ego. Comes and nullifies the feeling of accomplishment, the sense of self that the neshama has. So the neshama comes to a state of zeh, and in that, the neshama can come with Nehamelech. Ubezeh, he explains, and the word bezeh, who are amud, this is the amud, shebein oilam, the oilam, is the, is the, is the, it's interesting. Here, in the mimer, we just, we, we just, we just learned about a, a river that the neshama has to dip itself in. Before the neshama goes to um, Gan Eden, the neshama has to first dip in a, in a river, and after Neshama dips in a, in a river of fire, it goes to the next Ganeid. But there's another statement that it says. <coughs> it says that between Olam and Olam, the Neshama, how does the Neshama go from one world to the other world? It goes in an elevator, not a physical elevator. But it says there is this big Amud, there's a big pillar, and that connects world to world to world. And the Neshama goes through this Amud. And the Alter Rebbe says that this Amud that's between Ganeid and Ganeid is called Zeh. So hold it. Which one is it? Does it have to go through the elevator, through the amud, or does it have to go through the 
the um, the Nahar Dinar, the uh, the um, the river. So they hear the Alter Rebbe doesn't explain it, but in Samach Vav, which is one of the classics um, Hasidic uh, writings from the fifth Chabad Rebbe, Reb Shalom Ber, he has a long beer, such a Geshmaka beer, in which he explains why when a neshama goes from level to level in Ganeiden, it has to have two hachanas. Two hachanas. One is dipping in the Nahar dinner, and the other one is to go to, um, the other one is, is, is going into the elevator, into the Amut. And he says these are two madregas in Bittl. Two madregas in Bittl. In order to go to a higher place, you have to be, be nullified. Because, again, the rigidity of self blocks you from experiencing anything. So there has to be a nullification, a, a, a breaking of the eye, to the point that the neshama cannot. But he says there's two levels. There's one level, I'm going to give a little bit of an example. Skunta, comes a guy who thinks he learned Kabbalah, and he knows mysticism, and he knows already everything. And he's coming to a greater Rebbe, to a big tzaddik. Imagine, there was many stories like this, when he came to Rebbe Lamelech of Lazensk, or he came to these big tzaddikim. And they were purely godly people. And when, these, when, when a person who came with ego came, you know, the Rebbe, they, they, couldn't, they, they, couldn't, they weren't kalim to be makabal anything, because as long as you're full of yourself, you can't even see the light of the tzaddik. You, 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 you're, you're, when you're seeing self, then you're just seeing material, you're seeing gashmias, you're not even seeing the light. So the way, there is two levels of bitl. One of them, level of bitl, was that the chassidim around there took this person, took him to task. As we said before, they slapped him down a little bit. In other words, they, they pointed out how egotistical he is, how coarse he is, till he got heartbroken. That was like the first rub down. Then afterwards, he came to the tzaddik. What the tzaddik does before the tzaddik can actually drop a little bit of light in him, the tzaddik would go and zap him with, a, with an intense radiance. That zap of intense light that he can't handle would, 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 would again be mavatal him, would suddenly throw him off. Or let's put, would, would, would throw him off. I'll, I'll, let's talk about Reb Zeir. Let me give a better example of Reb Zeir. Reb Zeir fasted 40 tanesim to forget what he learned. So by him erasing what he learned, that's bitl. He's erasing his previous knowledge, his previous metzias. But when Reb Zeir walked in to start learning for his first year, the first time he learned, he didn't understand either. Instead, what the Rebbe did in Eretz Yisrael was he gave him such an intense pung that he got so tumult and so tzimish that he had another bitl. This is a bitl not coming from frustration of previous limitations or whatever. It's coming from the, the, the makiftigal light that's coming from the mashpia now that's knocking your socks off. After you get that boom, that nullifies you a second time. The second beer that's coming mitzad the mashpia is coming from the teacher. That completes the ultimate bittel, and now you're a keli to be able to receive the light. So these are these two in Yana, the Rebbe says. The nahar dinar is mainly the negative. It's meant to cleanse and purify from the ego of what you had before. This is a different kind of a bitl. Once you go into the Amud, what's the Amud? The Amud is already a little bit light coming from the higher Madrega, from the higher level, which is overwhelming the Neshama with its light. As a result of that, the Neshama becomes so broken, so heartbroken, because it can't understand it. Imagine going to a tzaddik, going to a place, and you're not getting anything he's saying. It brings you such heartbreak. That heartbreak makes you a keli to receive the light. But that's a heartbreak that's coming from above, not from below. 
So these are the two. The second bittle that comes from above is called the bazeh. Because it's coming from Spaklaria Hameira. He's showing you real light. You're seeing the real thing. But it's being mavatal the neshama. Ubazeh, hold on. Ukamashakasa bazeh anara bala melech. Ubazeh and bazeh who are omud. This is the omud. Shabain oilam la oilam between world and world. Shaboy va'al yadoy with this omud and through this omud. Nichlalis haneshamais. The neshamais are included. Liois pepchenaz bittel. That they should reach the ultimate bittel. Kizeh hashar lashem. See? Ubazeh, that's the word. Zeh, through, through this bittel of Zeh, Hashar, that's the entrance way, Lashem for the Neshama to come in front of Hashem. Okay, this is, so what did, he tell, what did he talk about now? Let's stop for a moment. What he spoke about now is all the, the journeys of the Neshamas in the afterlife. Higher and higher and higher, and every level that's going higher requires a deeper purification, a deeper bittel, a deeper... But the same is also We're not just neshamas, we also have a body. So our body also needs to go through a... Again, the world is based on one Indian. The world is based on aliyos. The world is constantly progressing. So our bodies also go through purification. What's the purification for the body? All the hardships we go through in life that break us, that causes, causes difficulties, frustrations and... Again and again, all that is a purification of the body. Eventually, we come to Yomoysa Mashiach. And after Yomoysa Mashiach, we come to Tchiyas HaMesa. In the elevation of the bodies to Yomoysa Mashiach, Tchiyas HaMesa, and Tchiyas HaMesa. Oh, so that is the Aliyas. But what happens afterwards? Afterwards, we come to a state after the Aliyas of Yomoysa Mashiach and Ganed. What's the next thing? Chad Charuv, one is Charuv. Hu Elaf Ashvi, that's the seventh millennium. Sheboi Tachlis Ashlemus shall call Aliyos. Once we, we hit the year 6,000, then we reach the ultimate of the Tachlis of the Shlemus of all the Aliyos. Achein Oid Aliyah Lamayla Hemeno. There is no higher Aliyah once we reach Elaf Ashvi, once we reach the year 6,000. Why? Shehusoyf the Kates. This is the end and the cates of all the levels, and all the elevations, that it's possible to be. But here's the Indian. In accordance to the, to the, the character and the chemistry, so to speak, of this Shemitah. We're in, the, our world that we're in right now is one Shemitah. It's, one, it's considered one seven-year cycle. Okay, the first thousand years is one year, second thousand years another year, and then we get to the seventh millennium, which is the seventh year, with Shemitah. What happens afterwards, the Torah says, you start counting another Shemitah. That means that basically, after the year 7,000, the world is going to enter into a whole different kind of existence that it's not a continuation of previous. It's almost like a new existence. And that's going to allow for a whole different Shemitah. But in our Shemitah that we have now, the seventh millennium is the highest we can reach. We, we hit the ceiling. The six thousand years, and one is charov. 
ובכל שמיטה ושמיטה, and in every shmita, lefim mashahi, in accordance to what that shmita is, whatever according to that sabbatical, what it is, kahu aliyas elafazayin shaba. In accordance to that is the aliyah of the seventh millennium. Shehi tachlis hashleimos shel kol aliyos. That's the ultimate perfection of all the aliyos. Venikra pchenes menucha. That's called resting. Why is it called rest? Because until that point, we're always striving for deeper. We're always looking for something more. We want to get further. We want to get further. Here, there's nothing to strive anymore to go higher. Why? Let's understand something. What did we learn before? What does it mean to go higher? To go higher means to acknowledge the Hashem more, to recognize Hashem more, and which comes hand in hand with a nullification of ourself. We feel ourselves, right? So the more... We, what's the ultimate? When we reach what we call bitl b'metzias, when we reach the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, when we reach the level which it's, it's pure to us, there's nothing but God, there's nothing, you can't go higher than that. Because you've reached the bitl b'metzias. You've reached the total recognition that God is, and we are just expressions of Hashem, we're nothing, our, doesn't mean we don't exist. It means that we are Him. We are nothing other than Him. So the moment we reach that level of consciousness, that we are Him, is not shaykh to go any higher. At least in the context of, of his light that is the power, the godliness of these 6,000 years. We completely, let me, because so, you can ask a question, once we become him, so then what's a shaykh then to have another 6,000 years? And what's a shaykh afterwards to have another? The answer is, for each 7,000 years, there is a different energy that the Abishta gives the world. For that godly light that is the empowering of this 6,000 years, we've reached the very, very makar hachayim, the source of life, and we've completely identified with it. Then the Ebershta creates a higher world, a higher is galos of his light, and we start working to get deeper and deeper into that reality. But that's a second, basically that's not called part of the program. We've reached the ultimate of this aliyah. This is called menucha. It's an aliyah that there isn't any higher. It's not shy to have another aliyah. And this is the meaning of chad charuv. The charuv, it means the, the, this idea of constant acceleration or constant elevation, that comes to a, 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 a end. That's the menucha. But as the Rebbe explains in the other mimer here, this, the same mimer is printed in the other sefer, he says, what's the highest menucha when you're in a state of total bitl? The bit, that's why it's also called charuv. Your charuv, charuv from what? Charuv from your metzias. Charuv from your existence. Charuv from being a creation. You become totally one with your creator. You're not a creation anymore. Your creation has been destroyed. Now you're one with God. And that's it. Now it says in the Pasuk, okay. So this is the ultimate experience of Elias Nishamas as Nishamas are going higher and higher. It says in the Pasuk, So now the Rebbe is going to take this and say, you should know, however, you should know that all these Aliyahs that we're talking about, for Nishamas, higher and higher, Ganeidin Atachtin, Ganeidin and Elyon, and for the bodies, Yemoisa Mashiach, Tchias Amesim, and higher and higher, all these aliyahs, you should know, it's only, it's not touching God Himself. It's only in, in, in Hashem, in the Ziv HaShchina, 
What are we perceiving? We're perceiving only the Abishter's name, only Ziv Hashkin, only the rays of the Shkin. What we're doing is we're going deeper and deeper and deeper in the ray, but we haven't even touched the essence. Because all the worlds, and not only the worlds, but the progression of the worlds into higher and higher consciousness is only higher levels of consciousness in the Abishter's Ziv, in the ray of Hashem. Let's read inside. It's not Abishter himself. It says in the Pasik, it's a Pasik in Tehillim. Go and see, go see the incredible wonders of God, that the Abishter has placed, he, he made destruction in the land. Go see the wonders of the Abishter, that he, dev- he, created, he made devastation in the land. What? Well, why is that such a great thing that the Abishta created devastation in the land? So first of all, let's understand. The devastation that we're talking about, the wonders are, what's the devastation? The devastation that he's talking about is the ultimate holy devastation. What's the whole to be holy, holyest devastation? When, we're, when the entire world is finally going to reach into the ultimate Shabbos. Shabbos is the ultimate state of devastation. Why is it devastation? Because the creation element of all of us is totally devastated. We, we stop functioning as creations, we will be completely assimilated into godly, in, into Him, we won't be us. So the world is completely destroyed. That's the meaning of, Shamois is the same Indian of Chad Charuv. 1,000 years when we're Charuv. Charuv meaning, us being a subject of Hashem has been destroyed, because we're now Him. We finally reached a level where we're, where we're totally one with him. That's called shamois, because our world is destroyed. But, Chazal say, don't read it shamois, read it shamois. Chazal say, read it, read it names. So the Pasuk is saying kind of two things. See the wonders of Hashem that he made shamois pa'aretz, devastation in the land. And see the wonders of Hashem that he made names in the land. So what does it mean, names? So the Rebbe is going to take both Pshutim and connect them. He's going to say like this. True, we, the, the world goes, Yelchu, Mechayel, Elchayel, we go from strength to strength, higher and higher, till we reach total unification with Hashem. Unbelievable. But, but it's not Hashem Himself. It's only a ray of Hashem. We're becoming totally unified with the godly energy that's creating this world. The godly energy that's sustaining and creating the Olamites is only a ray of Hashem. So that's what it means both. The shamois means the ultimate elevation. You should know is only shamois. It's only his name, but it's not like a person's name is not a person himself. It's just his name is like his light that spreads out. That's his name. So, to, so let's read in Exodus. Don't read it. Shamois, elo shamois, read it shamois. The Indian and the idea is. Kihine pchines, shamois, who Indian chad charuv. The idea of shamois is the idea of chad charuv, a world that's completely destroyed. Da'ainu, it's not a negative thing. It's the ultimate positive thing. Da'ainu p'chenas menucha v'soif v'tachlis kol aliyos. It's the menucha, it's the end, and the tachlis of all the aliyos. V'afal p'chena, nevertheless, kol zehu rak p'chenas shamois, it's only Hashem's name. She'ein zeh elam p'chenas shmoi, all of this is only the Abishter's name. Midas Malchusa Yisbarach. The Abishter's 
attribute of kingship, God's attribute of kingship is called his name. Because just like a king, the Mashal Hasidus gives, this is like as follows. Just like a king doesn't rule by the king himself spreading his body over the entire country, the king rules by his renown, his name spreads everywhere. So too, when Hashem creates the world, Hashem creates the world through his name. The fact that he calls himself the master of the world, that gives that name, that this is, he belongs to him, that's how he sustains it. That's the midah of the Eberstas Malchus, which is considered external. It's considered his name, it's not him. Kemaimer, as we say in Davening, Yochid, that you, Hashem, you are alone. Yochid. Creation is not deriving its existence from you itself, from you itself, Hashem. No. The creation is not, is not only not deriving its existing from you, existence from you. Creation is not even gnashing or nibbling from you, God. You are completely unscratched and untouched by all of creation, including all the spiritual worlds. They're not eating from you. They're not taking, they're not draining your energy at all. You are completely intact. You are unchanged as if creation never happened. That's the meaning of yochid. The Abishta remains singular, alone, untouched. What's the, the power of the world? Yeah, yeah, how are you supposed to read this? We say this in Davening every day, and without Hasidus, we don't know what we're talking about. Yochid, you the Abishter are alone. Chayoy the life force of all the worlds, Melech, is only from Malchus, is only from your kingship. Because you're above it all. Kloimar. Shahu Yochid Miyuchid The Abishter is alone like before the worlds were created. As if cloud, the Abishter is not within the context of worlds at all. and this that the Abishter gives chayas to the worlds, the life that it expands into the worlds, is only melech. That's what we say in Davening. Your power of Malchus, that's the power of all the Oilamois. And what does that include? That includes as follows, not only the world as it is now, but as we will go higher and higher and higher and higher and higher perception and a higher realization of godliness, we're only perceiving more of Hashem's ray, more of Hashem's malchus, not more of Him Himself. And all the worlds, until the highest worlds, not only that, we're talking before about the 6,000 years and then there's the seventh millennium. How many cycles are there going to be? Anybody know? How many? If we're saying that we're now in the first Shemitah. We're now in the first Shemitah. So how many cycles are there going to be? To make this, to make this even more stunning. If you get, 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 to make this even, even more greater asta- astonishment. We're not even in the first Shemitah. We only call it to us it's the first Shemitah. We're just in the first. What's a Shemitah? A Shemitah is seven years. We're not even in the first Shemitah because we know that our world over here, a thousand years is only one day. So we're only in the first week. We haven't even gotten to the first Shabbos yet. How many weeks are there in a year? 55, 53, something like that, 52 weeks. So we have, that means that how many thousands of years are there still in these cycles, to reach the first Shemitah, 
to reach the first year, 50, then, then, then there's seven. And then it says in the Arizal that there are 50,000 jubilees because seven Shemitahs make one yoival. 50,000 yoivals, which means levels upon levels, how the worlds will go up higher and higher and higher and higher. We have so much to look forward to <laughs> in terms of the worlds going into deeper experiences of the divine. But the Rebbe says a frightening, not a frightening, an amazing thing. All those aliyahs of those 50,000 yoivals are only in the Abishta's name. It's not touching him himself. The Gilo of Atzmos that we're going to see. And how many Shemitahs and Yoivals? It's only the Ebershtas Malchus. They delight and enjoy only the radiance of the Shechin. And in this Oineg, there's many levels. And the pleasure becomes greater and greater. Because the more you perceive godliness, the more pleasurable it is. All of this is only the expansion of a ray of his glorious kingdom. But in the Abishter himself, no thought can grasp him. All these aliyahs are only in his name. That's the aliyahs of the worlds. Okay, but the Rebbe says, ah. This oinig, this pleasure. This whole journey that we're talking about. Neshamis, bodies, the whole world perceives higher and higher and higher. This whole journey is only in God's name. But this is only what we say. Chazal say an interesting thing. Today you do them. And tomorrow you get the reward. When we were talking about all the Aliyah Sa'ilamais till now, it's the Aliyah Sa'ilamais of the Kabul Scharam. It's a time of reward. We say you start off your reward in the lower Gan Eden, and then you go higher and higher and higher. And go, ah, hech and hech. Same as also, we start our reward by Yamoisa Mashiach. Then we go to Tchias HaMesim. Then we come to Elef Ashvi, the seventh millennium. Then we start all over again on a much higher level, and we go. Th- a next level of Yomoyisa Mashiach, and level and level, and go all of that is reward. What's reward? Reward means the Eibishter is revealing his pleasure. He's the source of all pleasure. He's revealing pleasure to us. He's allowing us to get delight and pleasure in him. But Chazal say, that's Lomachar, that's tomorrow. There's another Indian. There is something called Hayoyim La'asaysa. Today is the time of doing mitzvahs. And doing mitzvahs, see, our observance of mitzvahs now, our world that we're living in now, is not a world of pleasure. Even though we do have quite a lot of pleasure in this world, we can have all these little pleasures of gashmias to get things, and even have pleasure in ruchnias. But the main mode of existence right now is not meant to be an experience of pleasure. What it's meant to be is an experience of ratzon, of desire, not of pleasure. What does that mean? Today's days we do mitzvahs. And what are mitzvahs? In mitzvahs, we don't have the hisgalos of the Abishter's pleasure. That's why when you're doing a mitzvah, you're not, you're not necessarily melting in delight. You're not being, you know, like suddenly, uh, you're, not, uh, <coughs> you're not in a state of ecstasy and bliss when you're doing a mitzvah. Ah, you're coming into contact with godly light. Yeah. 
The Abishter is revealing to you his Ratzon, not his Oinig, not his pleasure. Once you come to Ganeid and Yamoisa Mashiach and the like, the Abishter is going to reveal his pleasure. What's the difference between Oinig and Ratzon? It's a very important idea. The Rebbe says Oinig and Ratzon go hand in hand. Oinig and Ratzon, Oinig is pleasure, Ratzon is desire. Pleasure and desire are interconnected and interrelated one with each other. And to the point, but Ratzon is the chitzainius of Oineg. Desire is the external of pleasure. What does that mean? That means simply is that when a person, when a person desires something, you only desire things that you have pleasure in them. Right? What do you desire? Some people don't care to go to a concert. They just couldn't care less. Even if someone schleps them and puts them to a concert and it's very fine music, it just doesn't, they don't get excited about that. They want to they, they, they watch horse racing. That gets them going. They have no shaykhs to music and to the appreciation of it. They're almost like tone deaf. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't speak to them. Why? Their tainug is not in that. Their tainug is in netzach and victory and sports and that kind of a thing. They don't have a tainug. In, in a, and then they have other people, the opposite. They, they, they have tainug in, in, in music and they love it. They'll do anything. They'll spend their money to go. And, and the other person will say, I'm going to go waste money on a concert. I would rather go to a restaurant. My tainug is in food. My tainug is not in this. So, and you see, people that have an oinig in sports, so their rut zone is going to be for sports. They desire to, 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 to watch sports, to know sports, to go to games, to get good tickets. Isn't that? People's or oinig is in music. So they're going to have a rutzen to get involved, to know music and so on and so forth. So the Abishter in our world until Mashiach comes, or until we, until we leave our zone over here and go in the Enevelt, which is where Neshamas are, even today, we're in the rutzen zone, we're not in the Oineg zone. That means we encounter God, but we encounter God's rutzen. In this world, the Abishter is telling us what he wants. What does he want? Tyrem Mitzvah. That's what he wants. So our work today is to do Torah and mitzvahs in the fulfillment of the Eberstes Ratzin. We're not tapping into the Eberstes Oineg. He is getting Oineg from our observance, but we're not experiencing the Oineg. And once we do our work, once we do our work in fulfilling his Ratzin, since the Ratzin is the Chitzinius of the Oineg, that means hidden in the air. Every time the Abishta says to us, do a mitzvah, the Abishta says, all we know is that God wants us to give tzedakah. But we don't know today the Abishta's pleasure that God has when we give tzedakah. We don't sense Hashem's pleasure that Hashem, we know what He wants. Hashem says, give tzedakah. Today's days we give and we give and we give tzedakah. And eventually what? Once the neshama goes out of a body, it begins to experience the unbelievable pleasure that there is in tzedakah. It can't do the tzedakah anymore, but it can experience the pleasure of the tzedakah, ultimately God's pleasure that the Abishta has from tzedakah fills Gan Eden, and the neshama feels that pleasure that the Abishta has, translates into the experiences of pleasure that there is in Gan Eden. The same is the pleasure the Abishta has from Shabbos, and the same the pleasure the Abishta has from mikvah and from kosher food, and from all the mitzvahs, tayr and night. The pleasure is only revealed in the world, lamachar, tomorrow. In today's world, the Ratzon is revealed. Okay? So now let's read that inside. 
This is the tomorrow you receive the reward. But in today's, in today's days when we have to do the mitzvahs, our Indian is the expansion of the Abish is Ratzah. See? The Ratzon, the desire, is the external of the pleasure. Like it is seen literally. Everything that there is Tainog, that there is pleasure, to this the Ratzon bends. In other words, the, the Ratzon tilts to everything we have a pleasure in. Why is the why, why does the Abishta want these six hundred and thirteen mitzvahs and these chachma the chachma of, of Torah? Why? Because deep inside these things give the Abishta an oinek. It gives the Abishta pleasure. Why these are the pleasures of the Abishta? We can't ever fathom. We don't know why, but that's the way it is. Tarach amude oir. These are two six hundred and twenty. Because when you take six thirteen plus six, because there are six thirteen commandments, and then there are seven, not six, there are seven rabbinic commandments. Add them together at six hundred twenty. Gematria keser. Keser is the level of pleasure. So the six hundred and twenty mitzvahs, they are the expression of the Eibushter's tainug, but it's now tra- it's now we're experiencing the chitzainius of it. We don't experience the, the pleasure element, only the the, the, the ratzim. They come from the supernal pleasure. But but here's the Indian. Since the mitzvah is a by the way, you should know that this mimer is a is a very cryptic mimer, meaning that the mimer is, is written in a very short-handed words. But uh, so it's a little hard sometimes to get what the Rebbe is trying, what the Alter Rebbe is trying to say. But but once you see the picture, it's like whoa. But the Rebbe is saying like this, since right now the Abishter is engaging us, not on a level of pleasure, he's not revealing his pleasure to us, he's revealing his desire to us. So we know we, whenever Mashpia and Makabal, influencer and Makabal have to match, have to connect on the level that he's connecting. If the Abishter is connecting to us these days, his Ratzon, we respond and reciprocate back also with Ratzon. Meaning our main work down here is not, a yid is not going to be reprimanded, of Yana Velt. A yid is not going to be demanded, what? Reprimanded. A yid is not going to be, that's good, my daughter is here. A yid is not going to be reprimanded or, 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 um, or uh, rec- uh, they're not going to question a person why you didn't delight in godliness. Why you didn't have a pleasure in doing a mitzvah. Why didn't you have a pleasure in doing it? Why didn't you have a pleasure in learning? They're not going to do it. They are going to demand the person, where was your rutzing? Why? Since the ape, since Hayyim La'asayisam, the Abishter is extending to us his rutzing, the way we respond back to him is that, and what does it mean that he, what, what does it mean he's giving us his rutzing? His rutzing means he wants to have a relationship with us. He's asking us to do his mitzvahs, giving us an opportunity to have a relationship with us. So how do we respond to that? That we want to have a relationship with Him. So one thing we need to have in our world, we need to have desire for a relationship. We don't have to have pleasure. It's okay if we don't, it's okay if we don't have pleasure in holiness. We're not, that, we're not on that level yet. We're not, 
It says only very big tzaddikim, their experience of, of this world is like Olam Abba, and they have pleasure in Hashem. Tzaddikim have pleasure in the Abish. We, we don't have pleasure. But what do we do have? We're supposed to have Ratzon. But he says, in the Ratzon, that means when we're doing a mitzvah, it's not enough to do the mitzvah. The main thing tak is to do the mitzvah. But there is another element. When a Yid does a mitzvah, the Yid has to be thinking through the doing of the mitzvah, I am connecting to the Ebishter. So who cares? Ah, because I have a Ratzon to connect. There needs to be, in our, one of the most basic fundamental ideas of Hasidus, that in our connection between us and the Ebishter, our connection to the Ebishter is through is, 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 is not just we doing dry mitzvahs, mechanical mitzvahs. When you're doing a mitzvah, you're feeling, Asher Kiddishanu B'mitzvah I'm connecting to God. And why do I care to connect? Because I want to connect. There has to be Ratzim. Look what he says. V'chol mitzvahs, Tzriches Kavana. And mitzvahs need Kavana. What does it mean, mitzvahs need Kavana? Kavana Salev, the Kavana of the heart. Shu Nekudas Pnimiyas HaRatzim Shebelev. That's the nekuda, the innermost pnimius, the innermost desire of the heart. Ledafka boy to cleave to the Abishter, al yedei mitzvaisav through his mitzvahs. Kamamar asha kedishan of a mitzvaisav. The Abishter sanctified us, whereas we learned other times, the Abishter was mekadesh us, like a man is mekadesh a woman under the chuppah. Um, Hashem betrothed us through the mitzvahs. So we want to be in a relationship with him. Through what? Through doing a mitzvah. Okay. That's true. Every mitzvah you're supposed to have a rotsin. The Abishta has a rotsin to us. We want to have a rotsin back to him. Radet mentions an interesting thing in Hasidus, in certain places it says that when, the, when you want to be in a relationship with someone and you're reaching out and, and you're calling for, you want, you want an intimacy with them. You want a connection. You want them to be close to you. And they're responding and maybe doing what you want them to do, but there is no desire for the relationship on your part. So after a while, the person who's seeking the relationship and intimacy, it loses his interest in the chas v'shalem, in this, in this connection, because you're just doing, doing, doing. But I see you're doing, but there's no heart there. There's no desire to be connected to me. So what do I have? You have this, you have this perfect woman who's perfect, and she's mamish, 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 you know, being an excellent wife all the time, cooking and cleaning and blah, 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 doing, and making everything. But there is no desire from her, on her part to... to like to please her husband because she wants to be in a relationship with him. Vice versa is the same. Sometimes a man can be the perfect husband in the sense that he takes care of whatever his wife asks him to do and does and brings home parnasa and takes care of everything. But there is no seeking of that of, of the connection. So he's being perfect or she's being perfect, but there's no relationship. What does that do? It, it breaks, it destroys and the other one the desire for the relationship. Because a relationship requires on both ends there should be a desire. So with the Eberster, it says also, the Eberster wants that when I'm doing a mitzvah, I want to be connected to him. Fine. Now, but just like now the Rebbe but what's the panemius of Ratzin? Let's go back. The Rebbe is making a little bit of a cheshman over here. What's the panemius of the Ratzin? The panemius of the Ratzin, as we said earlier, the Eberster has an oineg. The Eberster's pleasure in Torah mitzvahs is what's driving the Eberster to give us his Ratzin. He wants these things because he has a pleasure in them. But just like we said earlier that there's so many levels of oineg, what did we say earlier? What was the whole, what was the whole mimer till now? Till we got to this last piece. I, I, I know it's a little complicated because the mimer takes a shift over here. Till now we were talking about the aliyah sa'olamais, the world's going higher and higher and higher to perceive what? To perceive God's pleasure. 
higher and higher and higher. Each level you go, there's deeper pleasure. That's oinek, that's pleasure. But that's part of lemachar lekabel scharam. Tomorrow you receive the reward. Today's days we're living not in the pnimius of oineg, in the inner world of pleasure. We're living today's days in the chitzainiistical world of ratzain. But just like there are multi-levels in pleasure, there is multi-levels in ratzain. That means when the Ebershter desires us to do a mitzvah, there is Hashem's inner, inner, inner deep desire in the mitzvah. And then there's more chitzainiistical ratzain and more external ratzain. And therefore the Rebbe says on our end, when we're serving the Eibishter with our Ratzayim, there is a there is an aliyah, there is a constant challenge that we should work on coming onto a deeper Ratzayim, a deeper Ratzayim, and a deeper Ratzayim, and a deeper Ratzayim. The deeper our Ratzayim is to connect to the Eibishter, the higher we're reaching in our journey towards Him. In the Hayoim La'asayim world, in tomorrow is a world of, and obviously, corresponding to the uncovering of our Ratzayin on deeper, deeper levels, as we journey in our Ratzayin and the Ayoyim La'asayim, corresponding to that will be the revelation of the Eivishter's Oineg and the Lamachar L'Kabos Charam and tomorrow when we receive the reward. The two of them are connected. Just like there is in pleasure. Revelation after revelation. Adruma Mailis, higher and higher. Like we said earlier, the, the oineg of the Abishta that's revealed in the lower Ganeid. The oineg of the Abishta revealed in the higher Ganeid, and so on and so forth. Kach, the same is also when a person has a rotsain to cleave to Hashem, to connect to the Abishtir, umkadaliba, the depth of the heart. What's called Knesset Yisrael? Knesset Yisrael is the pintaliyid that's in every yid. That's called Knesset Yisrael. The Knesset Yisrael, the deep, deep Jewishness, the part of us that's a, that's, that's a little spark of the Shekhinah. That's called Knesset Yisrael. And from that place, we want to be one with Hashem. We want to connect Him. It says elsewhere, in that His galus of our Knesset Yisrael, of us being Hashem's wife, there is level after air level on how deep our desire to connect to Him is. To the point where a person can grow in his desire. I'll give you a simple, simple in. First, a person doesn't have much, doesn't have much of an, a consciousness and understanding of God. We're immature, we're young, we didn't learn any chassidus, we didn't learn anything deeper. So, well, yeah, the Abishter, I want to be a Jew, I want to be connected. So there is a rotsen. I want I I like, I like, I want to belong to the Jewish people. I want to do Jewish things. Once you learn a little bit and you get a little deeper, a little bit understand, you understand that a mitzvah is through a mitzvah you're you're drawing godly light into your neshama. So now you don't you don't you don't stop want to do a mitzvah because that's just a Jewish thing. You want to do a mitzvah because you're appreciating the godliness that's in the mitzvah. There's holiness in the mitzvah, and then. You go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until a person comes to a level where he becomes so obsessed. Only once is elokus. Only once is getlachai coming through the mitzvahs. So there's, you see that there's and in motivation itself, this pure purity of motive, purity of motive and purity of motive and purity. So the Rebbe says eventually what happens? I'm going on the top of the of the second column. Hanimshach benefesh be'um kedaliba from the depth of the heart. 
בבחינת מאויד מאויד, it's very very much עד רומא מיילס, till a person reaches the highest levels, ליוס בבחינת מילי בשמיים. Where the person, like, you know, we, it is told about the Alter Rebbe, the author of this book, the Alter Rebbe, that when he would go into a state of Dveikus, he would suddenly rapture, he would explode, and he would cry out, Ebishter, ich will nicht dein Ganeiden. He would say the Pasuk, Mili Bashamayim, I don't want your Ganeiden. I don't want your Olam Haba. Ich will nor Diraleins. I want only you. I don't want your Ganeiden. I don't want Olam Haba. I don't want anything. I only want you alone. Obviously, we're not holding over there because we would very much want Gan Eden. We very much want Olam Haba. But for the Alter Rebbe, for someone like the Alter Rebbe, he experienced what's called Pnimius, Pnimius. It doesn't understand something. When the Rebbe is saying over here that there's various levels of Ratzin, the way, what he means is, when you love someone, you're in a relationship with someone. Let's say a husband and a wife. A relationship has to mature. It has to grow. When you first get attracted to your spouse, let's say a man who gets attracted to his kala, to this, he likes her because she's physically beautiful. And he's taken to her. But hopefully when they get to living together for 40 years, 50 years, okay, she might not be, she's not as beautiful as she was when she was, uh, when she was uh, 18 years old. But now he loves her panemius. He loves who she is as a person. He loves her soul. He loves her connection. Now, he's seeing in her much more than just the, the physical. And he had no appreciation. He couldn't have appreciation to that. Because at, at the time when he was getting married, he didn't know anything of her panemia. He, he didn't have a deep soul bonding. And also his mind was very immature. He's very young. So he's looking at everything superficially. But a person gets older, that's why, that's the difference of, you know, you see Jewish marriages where people, Bar Hashem, are living together and they're happy 50, 60, 70 years. They... They live all their life together. And you have, you take a look at Hollywood, you know, rich people, they, they go and they, they're married, and then after 10 years they discard their wife because she's no more young and beautiful like it was when he married her, and he's looking for a young, a young guy. Then he's an alter guy there from 70 years old, and he marries a 30-year-old. Why? Because he's living, he never matured, literally. He never matured in appreciating a human being for what a human being is. He's looking only at, at the chitzainis. He's looking at the body. He's looking at the shell. With the Eberster, it's the same thing. I can love God. I can love the Eberster. I like the Eberster because the Eberster is nice to me. And he gives me food, and he gives me... The, that's called loving the Eberster. That's called loving yourself. And the Eberster tastes good. You have to love the Eberster because you have to love God. That maturity is what he's talking about. The Ratzon gets deeper and deeper until it reaches a point where a person loves the Eberster so much, he's not thinking of anything he can derive from Hashem. Even the pleasures of Gan Eden, and even the pleasures of Olam Haba, and even the pleasures, which are unbelievable. And, he, and this person understands what those pleasures are. He doesn't care about them. Why? Because he knows that that's not Hashem himself. Like we said earlier, what's, what light is shining in Gan Eden? What light is, what's manifesting in all the Olam He said, the entire Elif Hashishi, I'm sorry, the entire experience of Elias Eilis, he said earlier, it's only Shemais. It's only Hashem's name. So he's not interested in the Shemais. He says, I don't want your name, I want you. I, to experience the Abish to himself, you, you can't, you can't, it's impossible to have pleasure in that. Because God is infinitely above any definition. And if you can experience God himself, you're not going to, you're not even going to know that you're there. But he doesn't care. Because that's true love. True love is when I'm not thinking about what I'm gaining from the love. 
So that's what he's saying is the, that's the advance of Ratzayim. Just like in pleasure, there's levels of pleasure. In Ratzayim, there's levels of deeper Ratzayim and deeper. The higher the Ratzayim becomes, the more you want the panemius of the one you're loving, not the chitzanius of the one you're loving. The more you want the panemius of the one you're loving, and the more selfless it becomes. Because the panemius of the one you're loving is not the part that you're enjoying. You're liking the person because of what they do for you, what kind of comfort. They, that's the chitzainius of them. That's not their etzem. Their etzem is who they are as they are. Nothing that they're giving you. But you still, you love that. So, as he says, My heart is going out, my body is going out. I only want you. And that's why, why does David HaMelech say, what, what is the word he says? Mili who is to me in the heaven? Uh, why is he emphasizing Oretz Tafka? So he's saying, There shouldn't be the whole idea of Oretz, which he said, which is only the Abishter's name, the pleasures of Gan Eden, or even Tchiasa Meksim, or even the seventh millennium, that's all taking place, which is only Hashem's name. He shouldn't mix that betaruvis im imcha with the Abish to himself. Rak elav levado yizbarach. Only to the Abish to himself. Kol son nafshi ulavavi. His nefesh is expiring only to the Abish. Comes out from here an amazing thing. What comes out of him here an amazing thing? What's happening? What did we say earlier? There's two levels of the way the Abish is revealing himself. Here, here, the Rebbe is saying something very deep over here. There's two levels the way the Abishter reveals himself to us. One tomorrow and one today. Tomorrow the Abishter is allowing us to experience pleasure in the relationship. Now the Abishter wants no pleasure. The Abishter wants obedience. And Ratzon. Our Ratzon. What's Ratzon? What did we learn the whole time? Ratzon is the chitzainius of the pleasure. So therefore if I was to ask any person, What's a higher connection? The connection of Oineg, pleasure, Gan Eden, the seventh millennium, the, the deepest, the deepest connections. Oineg, or the connection of Ratzin. Everybody will answer. The connection of Oineg is much higher. Because you're getting to experience the inside of godliness. You're getting to experience the point that you're having pleasure in Hashem. Now we don't have pleasure in Hashem because we feel ourselves. We only have a Ratzayn to be connected to him. So Ratzayn is much lower than Oineg. The Rebbe says it's not true. He's saying the connection you have in the Eberster now, in today's days, is much deeper than the entire Olam Haba. Chazal Taka say that. Why? Because the Oineg, what did we say earlier? What's our pleasure? What are we... When we have pleasure through the entire sequence and journey, let's call it a pleasure journey. The world experiences, not today, when once a neshama leaves the body, the, the neshama goes on to a pleasure journey. And also, once Mashiach is going to come, the world is going to be in a 50,000 yoival digger constant journey, deeper and deeper and deeper in pleasure. But what did we say after everything is said and done? It's only Hashem's name. Only the chitzainius of the Eberster is being revealed. It's taka coming from the Eberster's oineg, but it's the oineg of the ziv. 
It's the pleasure of the ray, it's not the pleasure of the etzim. In our ratzain, however, when we're having a ratzain, and we're yearning for godliness, what do we want? What's the, whole, what's, what's the desire of it? I don't want the ray. Don't give me the ray. I want you alone. That means in the Ratzayin, we're seeking the Eberster himself. And if we're seeking the Eberster himself, we're connecting with the Eberster himself. That means in the Hayoyim La'asoyisom, when we don't have the Oineg, we're able to have a deeper connection because what we're connecting to is God, the, the Eberster himself. In the, and, and you can say, so why can't you have that in the pleasure realm? Because in the pleasure, you get distracted by the pleasure. Once you're distracted by all the delights and all the pleasure, you're not thinking about the Ratzayin. The Ratzin is only taka when you don't have the Oineg. Then you have the Ratzin. But here's the thing. The Ratzin can take you much deeper and much farther than the Oineg can take you. The way, the way it is explained in, in the longer version of the Mimer, I'm just going to say one Nekuda, is that's the difference between what we call Or Yashar, Or Yashar, and Or Choyzer. There's, in, in, in Kabbalah, there is a concept called Or Yashar. Or Yashar means direct light, and Or Chayzer means returning light. You see, the pleasure that we're speaking about, that the Abishter is revealing, when God is revealing pleasure, it's Or Yashar. He is emanating His light into the world, allowing for the worlds to experience His delight and His pleasure. It's, it's His char that He's giving. It's His light and delight that He's projecting in the world. Every Or Yashar, that you're giving out only comes from your chitzainius. That's the nature of an or yashar. It always emanates from the chitzainius of the one that's giving. Even if it's coming from its panemius, it's the chitzainius of the panemius. It's not the very essence. Or choyzer, when light is going back, where is it going back to? There's no sheer to how far it's going to go back. So it's going to go back and back. Let's say trace the ray, follow the ray. Where is it going to go? Eventually, it's going to go into the source. And when it goes into the source, deeper in the source. And deeper, until it, reach, until it reaches where? Until it reaches the essence. So therefore, he's saying is like this. In our experience of desire to connect to the Eberster, we can desire something much deeper than what L'Chadchila, the Eberster, emanated for creation. His emanation, being that it's an Or Yashar, is coming from a certain place in him, but not him himself. The Orchoizer, the yearning of the creation, surpasses the Or, sorry, the Orchoizer, the returning light, surpasses the Or Yashar. And that's why in our Ratzin, even though Ratzin is Chitzainias, compared to Oineg, still with the Ratzin we can go deeper than the, than the Oineg that's manifesting in all the worlds. That's why through Torah Mitzvahs, in this world, we're actually touching something much deeper. And that will explain your question that you didn't ask before, but I saw you were, you were touching on. How come we say that when, that when Mashiach comes, is Giloy of Atzmas? And here we're saying the whole time that it, what's a Giloy? The Giloy is only of the Eberstah's ray, only the revelation. The answer to that is, if there is an Avoida that's with a desire for Atzmas himself, that will bring into Olam Abba something more. T- what he's talking about over here is Olam Abba Mitzat Atzmai. Meaning, the etzem system that has been set up, of our yearning for him himself, from our avoid of mili bashamayim, we take a bring the Eberster himself in. And eventually we'll, yes, experience him too. 
But that's as a result of our Ratzin. So let's read it. Um, one hour of tshuva and good deeds in our world. Because the entire life of the world to come. They're aliyos, they're elevations without an end. It's the supernal pleasure. And it's to delight in the yutkevavke. And to del- and to take pleasure, but only what? This is the key. Meziva shchina only from the ziva shchina. Shu pchenas melech bilvad. It's only the level of malchus. Mepchenas shemois ba'aretz. It's only the names. Avot tshuva ma'isem toivim, but tshuva and good deeds. And that's why it doesn't just say. It. The Rebbe says it's not better one hour of mitzvahs in this world. Mitzvahs not necessarily. It's when you're doing mitzvahs as a result of tshuva, it's like we were learning in a Geras tshuva, that the, the, to do a mitzvah with a burning desire to unify yourself, that's the idea. It's not stam mitzvahs. There is mitzvahs. And there's tshuva maisim toivim. It's when your maisim toivim are coming out of a burning desire of tshuva. You want to cleave, you want to connect. She'ikara tshuva u'benekuda p'nimiyas alev. Isn't the innermost nekud of the heart? Ma'um kedaliba from the depth of the heart. Mepnimiyas alei from the innermost of the heart. And he melabeshes b'maisim toivim. And and it's with that kavana that you do the good deeds. Because you're putting your tshuva, your desire, your your tshuva is what's inspiring your maisim toivim. You're doing a mitzvah and you're burning with with desire to connect to Hashem Himself. Shem tar yag mitzvahs deiraisev ezayin derabanan. This is the revelation of the Abish Dizratzain. This rises higher, higher, higher than the Oineg that was the Chatchila revealed in creation and this whole thing. And the reason is because the Oineg that comes to the Nishamas. Now, we can ask a question. The Pneumius of the Ratzain is the Abish Dizratzainuk. And so why, for every madrega of Ratzain that you're reaching, there is the pinimis of that as Oineg. So obviously the Eberster is delighting in our mitzvahs from a level of much deeper, from his inner place. The answer is that's true. There is an Oineg in the Eberster, but that, that's not shared with the world. The sheer, what the Eberster is sharing with the world is the Oineg that Shaykh that the Neshamas can feel. That's only a Ziva Shechina. The Eberster's personal oinek, his tainug himself, that tak is not being sheared, not in oilam haba, not in any of these levels. So, kia oinek abal neshama is why the hislapshos pasagas haneshama is through the hislapshos, through the enclosement in the hasaga of the neshama. Shetehe haneshama mesa aneges lafi hasagasa, according to its hasaga, according to her understanding. Avol aratzainu lamaylam hasaga, but the desire. When the neshama desires to cleave to the Eberster, it's not coming from the neshama's hasaga grasping. It's coming from the gilgoyles, from the, the neshama has an ability to desire the Eberster infinitely. That the woman, which is the neshama, she relates to the crown of her husband. And this is the meaning of the this is the meaning of Knesset Yisrael. So what's, what does this all mean? 
when so where do we stand in all of this so there's a rotten there is a rotten point over here is that Knesset Yisrael the Jewish people throughout all of our trials and tribulations we go through various different stages of desire to cleave to the Abishta. And obviously, this desire of wanting only the Abishta himself and nothing else but the Abishta himself is a madrega of only the biggest Sadiqim, of the highest Sadiqim. Most of us, do we want anything? We're Jewish because of Jesus, you know? Do we want? Do we have a deep desire? But the emesis, the emesis that the 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 hishtalshalus of Golas, the progressions and all that the Jewish people has been through, actually purifies and purifies and purifies. That the desire that that it's it's a hard thing for people to grasp. That we sh- we, we can say that pepnimius, the desire of Jews today to be Jewish and to learn Torah and to do mitzvahs, is if we have the right glasses, the right pepnimiusy glasses, is the purest innermost desire. Because young people today that want, they want to experience Eberster, the reason why there are so many young people today that are rejecting Yiddishkeit and going off the derech and so on and so forth, they're not going off the derech. They're going off a superficial derech that has never ever spoken to them in the first place. They're not running away from Yiddishkeit. They're running away from, from a, not a false, but a very, a very grub Yiddishkeit that's not talking to them. They're looking for something much deeper and higher. They might not be conscious of it, but they're looking for a relationship with the Abishter, but they're not being told that by their rabbis and by their schools. They're told, do a mitzvah so you go to Olam Haba. Do a mitzvah so that you'll become great. They don't want to hear that. What they want to hear is, I want to do a mitzvah because this is what the Abishter wants. And that's what speaks to them. But when you tell them all kinds of other things to do a mitzvah, do because it isn't, it's not speaking to them. Why? The, Knesset Yisrael goes through a purification experience in Golas. That's why the Lubavitcher Rebbe said an interesting thing in his last, in his last uh, mimer that he gave out. The Rebbe said that when Yidna are living in America and we have everything good begashmias, even the most uncomfortable person is living with so much more luxury than people lived way back then. Rabbi Tabor always says that, the, that an average person today lives with greater pleasure than Shleim HaMelech <laughs> had in his days. Because, you know, you have the basic luxuries today are way beyond. So we're living, in good, we're living a good life, Baruch Hashem. I'm not saying there's still enough Tzaris, but in general, Yidin are living a very good life. And the Rebbe says that when, next week's parsha, that when a Yid's heart is crushed, that he wants Moshiach. So in today's days, he doesn't want Moshiach because of his Tzaris. He wants Mashiach because deep inside it hurts him that the Abishta is not revealed. It hurts him that Mashiach isn't here yet. He says, this is the purest of the pure. This is Shemen Zayazach. Such pure oil. In all the generations, we didn't have such pure oil. Because in all the generations, you can say, you wanted this because... The Rebbe says, there's no reason now. You're doing well. You're, Baruch Hashem. No, no one is even stopping you from Torah Mitzvahs. When in earlier generations, when you had oppression, they didn't let you learn Torah, they didn't let you do mitzvahs. Today, you can learn Torah, you can do mitzvahs. No one is blocking you. What's felt it? And Pekashmi is, you have all the kosher restaurants, you have food, you have enjoyment. Is Voz Brenter Mashiach? I'm not saying everybody Brent Mashiach. <laughs> but I'm saying today we have the Nasinus Koyach for a year to push it, cry for the Gil. That's this purification that he's talking about. 
Just like Esther, at the end, take a look at the Persian Golas. Yidin were then in a very lowly state spiritually. Many of them disassociated from Yiddishkeit. Many Yidin went and, and assimilated. Many Yidin were marrying, intermarrying. The women, the, Ezra HaSefer had a whole big problem because so many Jews married non-Jewish women. When he, so this is Mamash that time. So Yidin were in a very lowly state. But right before they went and built the second base on Mingdash, what happened? The story of Purim happened. And it was in a moment of tshuva. Yidin had in a moment of tshuva and they turned to the Abishta, and that's the meaning of Bevoy Esther Lifnei HaMelech. That Esther, which is all of us together, we're all Esther, we came Lifnei HaMelech. And it says an amazing thing, in other memoir, it doesn't say that over here, that Yidin at that time, Haman made the Gezerah, and Apipashtas, everybody always reads the story of Purim, that Haman was like Hitler, he didn't care if you were religious. He wanted to kill Jews, just, it wasn't a religious type of a thing, it was a, it was a racist thing. He just wanted to wipe out all Jews, not, not Mitzad religion. And therefore we know that that's different than Hanukkah. Hanukkah there was more of a, like the, it was like the Russians, the communists, the Soviet Union that tried to oppress observance. They weren't killing Jews, they were killing observant Jews. Uh, uh, Hitler didn't care. And the same as also Haman didn't care. But the Alter Rebbe explains in other memoriam that's not true. His Gezeira was Allah Yehudim La'abda. It bothered him that you're Jewish and the Iker Inyan of a Jew means that you're Kaifer B'Avoy and you believe in the Yebish. Therefore the Alter Rebbe makes a Moiridig Echidosh in Purim. No one says this. The Alter Rebbe is a Moiridig Echidosh. He says the main nace from Purim was that the Jewish people, there was a Gezeira decreed upon them and it was supposed to take place a year later. And the Gezeira was only on Jews that are that identify with Jews. It was, on, it was on the Jewish people, on their bodies, but it was a religious decree, on a religion. It wasn't on a race. Therefore, had the Jews gone and declared that they're not Jewish anymore, and they would have assimilated in the Persian culture, they would not have been killed out. They would have not. They would have been let to live. And the Rebbe, Alter Rebbe says an amazing thing. Not one Jew, not one Jew, signed up and left, abandoned the ship. Even though the ship was sinking, not one Jew. The Yidin stood with Mesiris Nefesh. But that's not just a, such a Chiddush. Yidin had Mesiris Nefesh other times. The main Chiddush was that there was no reason to be Jewish at this time. Mela earlier, earlier years, the Jewish people, God was like, the, to be a Jew was a special thing. You were, you were God's pet. <coughs> you were the Abish's favorite. But here the Abish to allow the Jewish people to be sold into exile, to be butchered. You know, you know how horrible the Babylonians treated the Jews? You know what kind of gullus that was? Especially in the beginning when they were, when they were chased. That they, but these, the first time the Yiddins thought the Abish, the Abish to turned his back upon us. So it was almost like an abusive husband. He ran away. Okay, we misbehaved, but he kicked us out. He mis- so there was no reason to love him. There was no cheshbon. Why did we love him? We love him because our neshamas love him. Because we cannot not love him. That's why this mysterious nefesh was mamish what he's talking about over here. It, was, it came from all Jews, religious and non-religious and even assimilated Jews, in a time when there was no gain to be Jewish. Quite on the contrary, you're going to be Jewish, you're going to get murdered, you and your family. And, why, and for who? For, 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 for a God, what seems like an Abishter who turned his back on you. Yet they were Moise Nefesh. That's a sign that it's not, you're not, it's not for personal gain. And we love you because we love you, Abishter, and we can't deny you, even if you're not, it's not the things that you've done for us that we love. 
And I'm just relating that, that just like in that time, at the end of that Gullus, there was a display of purity of Ratzayin. That's what he's talking about over here. We, we drop the Chitzayinius and we reveal, we expose our panemius desire to love Hashem just because, for no reason at all. The same thing in our Gullus now too. At the end of the Gullus, it comes out a panemius Ratzayin of Yidin. We want to be Jews because we want to be Jews. Not for external things. This Indian is Bevoyoy Esther Lifnei HaMelech. Esther is coming which means the Aliyah of Knesset Yisrael higher than what's the Lashon? What is he talking about over here? He mentioned over here the whole time there should be a Ratzin. What should be our Ratzin? What's the Ratzin? The Ratzin is Ich will dir allein I don't want your Oh, <coughs> what did we say before? What's the chayos that the Eivishter puts into the Olamais? When God sustains the worlds, what's his energy that he puts into the world? The energy that the Eivishter puts into the world is from, his, is from Malchus. It's not the Eivishter himself. It's from Sfira Samalchus. So if someone is appreciating the world, he wants, he's connecting to the Eivishter's Malchus. That's it. But if we say we want you, Abishter, we don't want your Malchus only. We want, we want you. We want deeper than your Malchus. We want de- you, you yourself. That means you're transcending the idea of the Abishter being great and lovable because he's being nice to you. Because he's supporting you. Because we're part of creation. But when Esther comes, higher than Malchus. We transcend Malchus. <coughs> when the Ratzon is elevated, to cleave to the Eberster himself, in the Eberster himself, higher than the Eberster's name, in the Eberster's Malchus. And when we ascend to this high level, Omar, what does the Eberster say then? When we are elevated to this very high state, what happens to the klipa? Is it's interesting as I mentioned earlier, the klipa is also elevated, but when the klipa is elevated, that becomes their ultimate down, downfall. Because when they go up to a high place, what happens to them? That's when they're that's when they're completely. Um, 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 I'm just going to say because I, I I'm going to want to take a break now. And I, I, before we learn the last piece, but I just want to say one akuda from the end, which I think is very interesting. He explains Barichus in the next piece. Again, the mimer itself is very cryptic, but when you learn the biurim, it becomes. He explains that there is a system of biurim where the world is hoylech v'nizbarer. There is a purification and purification and purification process that's going on. And, um, and, and to give a little muscle to this purification, he says, when you have, um, when you have uh, a, a piece of silver, and you have schmutz in the silver, or gold, so he, he says there's two ways of purifying. One way is that it's called mamata lamayla. You're starting off with a dirty piece of something, cl- a clout of 
what is it called? Of earth that has gold in it. And what you're doing is you're, 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 you're taking out all the gold you can find. You take all the gold and you pull it out. That's called beer arisha. That's your first beer. Then you take this gold and this gold butt and you put it through a second purification because you're removing the finer gold from the not such high grade gold. Then you take the third batch of gold, which obviously is much, much less, and you put it through another sifter. And what you're seeking the whole time is you're taking out the purer gold from the, now you get level four grade gold, meaning it's, it's, it's cleaner even than what you had before. And you pull it and you get cleaner and cleaner until you, you, you're left with a very, very small amount of the purest of the pure of the purest of the finest gold. That's called a beerer from the bottom up. You're starting with the dirtiest and you're going purer and purer and purer and purer and purer and purer and purer. That's similar to what we spoke about till now. We are elevated. Our Ratzin first starts off dense Ratzin. We get purer motive and purer motive and purer motive and purer motive. Tuli Yid displays his ultimate motive. That's the purest gold. That's the highest neshama. That's the purest elevation. The great thing the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe did is that even though this was a, a Ratzin that's only for Tzadikim, the Rebbe revealed that today's days every Yid is to this Ratzin. Because when you say you want Mashiach today, it's really, but that's the Rebbe's Chiddush. Apipashtas is only Tzadikim, whose desire is only the Abishter himself, they have no ulterior motive. But that's the cleanest gold. That's purifying one way. But the Rebbe says there's another purification. There's a purification working the opposite. Let's go back to the gold. There's a situation where a person says like this, I want to take out the schmutz. You have gold and you're not collecting the gold. You're collecting everything that's schmutzy. So you go and you're taking, you're taking the, the dirt. You take the dirt out, all the dirt, 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 and you end up with a nice big pile of dirt. And what's left? Very, very pure gold because you took all the dirt out. Then you go back to the dirt and you say, I'm not going to throw away this dirt. Inside this dirt, there is, there is, there is gold, there's potential. So you look through the schmutz and you start picking second level gold. And you take out the gold gold and the rest is dirt. Then you go back to that dirt and you say, can I throw away this dirt? You still, still establish something from there. So you pull out, you pull out, you pull out, you pull out more gold from the dirt. And now you're making the dirt dirtier. Until you push the dirt, 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 only the coarsest dirt and all this. So you started off by selecting the highest gold. Then you got another level of gold. It's not as pure as the first gold. Then, so you're working from high, lower. You're working down. So he says in El Indian, he says, the Abishter, when the Abishter created the world, he did like this. There was a mixture, when the Shvira Sakelem happened, there was a mixture of good and bad. The Abishter began a bitter purification. Hear this Geval The Abishter began a purification and he purified first the purest of the pure, the gold, he took first out the gold, the brightest gold, and that became the Nishamis of Rabbi Shimon Bayechai, the Balshemtov, he says, Hillel and Shammai, like the highest tzaddikim, the Nishamis of Atzilus. They're able to be included in Atzilus. The rest was all considered junk. Then the Abishta goes and he does a second beer and he says, he selects a bunch of other Nishamis. These are the Nishamis of the other Tanoyim and Amarayim, not the ones of Atzilus. 
but they're the neshamas of Bria. The rest is considered already like too, too dense and schmutz, and that falls down to the next world, to Olam HaYetzirah. Then the Abishta selected the next level of neshamas, Yidin throughout all the generations, higher in Yidin, and they become the neshamas of the next world, Olam HaYetzirah. Then the, and the rest fell down, and the Abishta says, no, 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 let me select, and select in the dirtiest Shebet dirt, he selects neshamas, and that's the neshamas of our generations. We're very, very material, very physical, very... This is like, there's still gold. And then when we are alive, in our avoid, we do selection, we do purification. But here's the nekudah. The Rebbe says, after the Jewish people are completed their birer, after the Abish to separate good from bad, and, the, and what is Jewish becomes included in the Jewish experience and Jews, then he begins to select and start scrutinizing what's after the Jewish bira. What's after the Jewish bira? Then he starts cleansing the non-Jew. Until that point, he doesn't cleanse the non-Jew. That's why it says that until you some until Mahamash, the last generation, it's like the Abish does not even. That's why there's such thriving and such uh, amongst that because they never they were never put under the filter to to, to start filtering. Because there's no business filtering them before you finish filtering the panemias. When you're done filtering the panemias, then the Abishta applies the filter to the chitzainias, sheba chitzainias. And what, oh, therefore, what I am seeing is, you're seeing now, right now, that the world is beginning to spit out right and left. You see the whole Me Too movement. And you see the constant, from, in every area, is like, oh, this guy was an abusive, this guy was, was abusive to his wife, this one was abusive here, this one was abusive. The world is spitting, there's a beer taking place right now in which everything that's corrupt and that which is ruined <coughs> is being, why was it waiting until now? And the answer is, until now, there was the birudim were still taking place within the Jewish people. But once the, the kaimash lame of Yidin have already finished the whole beer, now the Abishter is applying the beer to the, to the non-Jewish world. And over there, very few will stand. This is bitter. Because the Rebbe explains that the worst of the worst of the panemias of the Jewish people, which are the panemias, is much higher than the most refined of the chitzanias. And that's why the, it, 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 there is what to be, what to refine. In the, in, in the non-Jewish world, there is what to refine. That means there are people and there are, that withstand the Abishter's test, there are in Yanim of the Gentile world that could be brought in, but there is so much that when you put it under the scrutinizing mirror, it, it gets rejected. The next, how does that connect to what we were learning earlier? We will see Bez Hashem after the break. We'll take a, a, a break and we'll see how this will come together. Bira Inyan. So now he's going to explain. Based on what we had said before, that our avoidance today is an avoid of Ratzin, and in Ratzin itself, to go be ilo yachar ilo, impurity, impurity of motive, till we come to the cleanest, purest motive in Ratzin, which, in a sense, this is called the bitter of the nefesh kiss. Because it's, it's within our nefesh kiss, within our godly soul, we're seeking, like it says, Chalavavcha is considered still a coarse, considered compared to Bechol Nafshech. Bechol Nafshech is considered coarse compared to Bechol Moedech. 
desiring Ebeshter himself. It's without any personal gain. I just want Bittl to him. So this is a birr, a birr momatalamaila, higher and higher and higher. And the Rebbe is going to explain that as a result of this birr, of this birr that happens momatalamaila, there is <coughs> a corresponding birr, a corresponding birr that happens momaila lamat. And let's see in how that works. Let's see what happens. A birr Indian explanation of the matter is. And, and what's the idea? That he explained earlier is when we reach the epitome of birer. It's, it's when we come, when our avoda matures to the point that Esther, which is Knesset Yisrael, is on a level that she's not serving God for olam haba. She's not serving God for her personal benefit. She's bevoya, she has come lifnei ha-melech. She has transcended the whole idea of malchus, which malchus is the ziv ha that's the pleasure of olam haba. Her service is not for that. The service is pure. If you think about it, that's what the Bolshemtov came. He brought Esther Hamalki, he brought Knesset Yisroel to a state where a Yiddish guy go to a chassid today and talk to him about Olam Haba. It doesn't impress him. It's not. It doesn't speak to them. A chassid wants Abish, wants Mashiach, wants Gilia Lakus, wants Godly Revelation. Chassidus has so purified the 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 general thrust of Knesset Yisroel that our 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 relationship is elevated to Edelkai, to refine. It's a, it's a, Obviously, we have a lot of work, everybody personally, that you should first have a rotzen for the Ebishter. And then it, your rotzen should be pure and pure and pure. But eventually, that rotzen gets all the way pure, and it becomes that your desire is not malchus. That by chesidim, it becomes almost like a laughing thing when we see, the, the, when, we, when, when we hear people that talk about olam haba, olam haba. It's almost like, well, what are you, crazy? Something with what's, what's, your Yiddishkeit is about olam haba. It has to do with this. This inyan of bevoyelif ne'amelech, that Esther is already ready, lekamlif ne'amelech, where the avoid is not for chitzayni's thing. But Chasidis refined us. Chasidis refines a person to come to that deeper understanding. Once we come lif ne'amelech, then what does that do to evil in the world? The Rebbe says it's something of Our entire avoid in this world, who levarer hatoiv mahara, is to do a beer. In the good, take out the good from the bad. To select the good from the bad. And there's a beer after a beer. Let's start. Go back to we speak our ruts. You know, you start off, you have physical desires. Your, your life is filled with, that's bad. Then you want to create within yourself a good desire. So let's say you start having a desire for spirituality. For the first time in your life. That's beer. You schlep the good out from the bad. You start now having a desire for what's really deserving. You're being mavarer, you're rutzen. But then you, you learn a little bit more and you become a little more refined. You realize that your rutzen for Abishter, for Elokuz, for spirituality, was so self-gratifying, was so self. So you come to a deeper level of rutzen. And you purify that, that it shouldn't, shouldn't be so coarse and so... It's example that a person only does mitzvahs and learns Torah because he believes that by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, he's going to be... Um, <coughs> He's going to have a gashmiyastig of success. That's, that's what you're doing mitzvahs for. So the Abishter should give you gashmiyastig of success. It's very coarse. So he, then he starts to come to an appreciation that he doesn't want gashmiyastig of success. He wants Olam Abba. He wants a ruchmiyastig of pleasure that's going to be in the afterlife. So that's already a beerer after a beerer. He's, he's now refined his rutzen. But now he takes his rutzen to the next level. 
he realizes that wanting oilam above of the grass self-gratification is also grub. So now he wants not oilam but he wants dveikus in the Eibushter. And that's why he wants Olam Haba, because Olam Haba is going to be his time of Dveikus. He wants to be Dovok in the Yebishter, and that's his desire. He wants the pleasure of Dveikus in the Yebishter. But then he realizes that pleasure in the, in the Dveikus in the Yebishter is only a Ziv Ashkina. It's his delight that he's going to have from the Yebishter. It's only a Ziv, only a Ray. But then there's the Yebishter himself, and then he wants God himself. That's Birer Achar, Birer Achar, Birer Achar. He did such purification in his Ratzin that what he once thought is gold... Like I told the story about the gold before. What he once thought is gold, he realizes is not pure gold. He's looking for a purer gold. And then he's looking for even a purer gold. And a purer gold. And a purer gold. Then he gets the ultimate purity. That he mentioned earlier. There's levels after levels of birurim. Birurim are not just you do a birur. You can refine and elevate. And the power of birur. Now here's important. The power of birer, every birer is, in general, there is a concept called Ma Mevarer Ban. There are four names of the Emishter. Ayin Beis, Samach Gimel, Ma 45, Ma, and Ban. These are all related to the numeric <coughs> gematria of Shem Yudke Vavkin. So Samach Gimel and Ayin Beis. Samach Gimel is primordial before the creation, before. Ayin Beis is the Giluyim after Yimaisa Mashiach Tchias Hamesim. So basically, our world that we live in now is the we're living in the energies of Ma and Ba, and the whole Avoda that we have now is the Avoda of Ma being Mavar Ba. That's the Avoda. Ba needs Ba is a level also created by God. It's one of Hashem's name that creates a world that is disconnected from the Eved. Creates a world of mixed good and bad. And Ma needs to do a selection in that, a refinement in that. So what does it mean, Ma Mavaraban? In our nefesh, I'll give an example. We have a ban part. What's our ban part? Our ban is our guf. Our body is related to shame ban, the name of And our nefesh of Bahamas comes related to the shame ban. And then we have a nisham. And our nisham is Ma, because our nisham is a koyach of, the main root of our nisham, the Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya, is the koyach of bitl. It has ability to be, to feel the Abishter's MS and be bottled to the Abishter. So when you take the, what does it mean, Mama Varaban? Your Neshama does a beer in your Nefesh of Bahamas. Your Neshama, how does it do a beer? So what does it mean to do a beer? You wake up in the morning and you say, I want coffee and I want chocolate. That's what you want. Because you want a sensation of sweet. Coffee is going to give you a caffeine. And chocolate is going to give you what? A sweetness. And that's what you want. You want the pleasure of it. Okay. Now comes your nisham. You say brachas. You can't eat, so you say brachas. Say brachas, and you become, and you become conscious and aware of the Abishter. Your neshama consciousness kicks. Now you go back to the desire that you want coffee and chocolate, and you start thinking, is that, I'm, a, I'm, supposed, to live in a, I'm supposed to live attached to the Abishter. Is the coffee chocolate going to be attached to the Abishter or is it not going to be attached to the Abishter? So you think to yourself, you see, you know what, coffee I really need. I shouldn't be sleepy during davening and I should be able to dafka, have an alertness of mind. I need the coffee. So coffee you take in. So you're selecting the desire. Then you're thinking about the chocolate. Do I really need the chocolate now before davening? Is it just a sensation or not? 
you're thinking maybe it needs a little sweetness, whatever, but then you're thinking, you know what, maybe I don't need milk chocolate that's fattening and, and this and that, that's not gonna help me. Maybe I should have a little black chocolate, dark chocolate, and it's, so I'm, forgo- I'm, I'm taking the chocolate, the desire for chocolate, and I'm doing a surgery. I'm seeing what of it is useful in my Avedis Sashem. Or I can say, I don't need the three pieces that I was intending to take. Maybe I just need a half a piece just to give me a little bit of something and then I can use it in the session. So you, you measure, you push away the thing, you take the little piece and you're doing a silver. How are you measuring it? Against what? There is a part of you, your neshama is bottled to the Abishter. You're using your kayak of bitl of your neshama that you have, that you're conscious, your inner awareness of your neshama that's bottled to the Abishter, and you're going into your nefesh of Bahamas, you're going into the chitzainiistic world around you, and you're selecting what is, what could be included in serving the Abishter in God's interest is being schlepped in, and what is not, you push away. So you live your entire day. Automatically you're faced with your, your ban, your ban reality is your animal, your body, all the suggestions that are kind and your ma is your filter. What's your filter? And your filter says this, yeah, this is kosher, good, I can use this to my service of Hashem, this is not kosher, not good, and you know what, I don't need this, this is just gonna drag me down, distract me, bring a lack of purity in me, let me push that away. That's the way you go your whole day. Ma is mavarer ba. So the Rebbe says, The power of ma. That's the intrinsic bitl. You have an intrinsic compass inside of you. A yid has, an, is, has a genuine, natural, godly cell. Of course, in order to reveal it, you have to reveal it through, through, um, through, through davening, through uncovering your neshama. But a yid be'etzim has this bitl, and he uses this kayachma of his neshama, which is that kayachma doesn't want to live selfish. See, the, the ban, the behema part, that wants to live separated from the Ebersht. But you have within you an akuda of ma that is given to you. We say, ma, what's a shaita? Ha'ma'abit ma, he loses that ma, ma shanoistem la, what is given to you. You're given a ma. Every person has this intrinsic sensitivity that is given to them. We have to make sure not to lose it. It's possible that a person can create so much indulgence in his life, such chazarai, that you lose that, that, that discerning sensitivity that, that, that can even, and you, and you don't know. You don't even know what is kosher, what is not kosher, what you can use. Then you have to seek someone else to help you in these decisions because you don't even have that natural... A yit should have really that, that ability to dis- differentiate what yet and what no. That's the ma that's given to us. So what's the ma? The ma is, that's, the part, that's my inner me <coughs> that recognizes that the Abishter is MS and I, and I don't want, I don't want to, I, I just want, the only MS is him and there's only bittle to the, I want to be bottled completely to him. As he says, to be totally bottled to the Abishter. That's your ma. Vuhu, lifnei ha-melech. Your koyachma, your koyachma that's in your neshama, is higher than the world. Because remember before, what did we say? Where does, ma, where does the world begin? The Ebeshter created the world, Yochid, the Ebeshter is alone. And Chaya Elamim, the highest of all the Elamim, come from only from Melech. Malchus is the source, of, the source of creation, of existence. This koyachma that a Jew has, 
is a chelik alakaimi ma'al mamish. It's not part of creation. It's above creation. It's part of the yachid. And that's why all it wants is to go back into yachid. There's only Abishta. You use that yachidigal truth in you to select your more chitzainiistic self that is under the spell of malchus, that's part of creation. And over there, you're looking, what can I take from the creation and bring it into the yachid? It's a very, it's very, it's a very complicated Indian over here to understand this. I mean, there, there, there is a world, but you are, you know what you are? You're like, an, you are like someone fishing above the ocean. The world is, let's say, the ocean. You're fishing above the ocean and you're, you're trying to wheel in things that you can take out of the ocean into that higher reality. Your nisham is above the world. Your nisham is lifnei melech before the whole idea of malchus. Higher than malchus. But it's looking to do a bitter in the things that in your worldly life, in your gashmi is to go worldly goof, which energies can be brought into Kedusha and be included in the Abishta's unity? Which parts of your body or which parts of the world around you experiences are to be rejected? That's the Indian. The Melech is already called Melech Oilam. And what's Oilam? Loshan Helam Vahesterpanim. It's already concealing. It's concealing that what? It makes the world appear to be something of significance and importance other than Hashem. And that's why that, that reality that there is a world that's important, significant, other than, it's, other than Hashem, is, is, is something that affects us every day, all the time. Because when we naturally experience life, we experience ourselves as nifradim, meaning to say we experience ourselves as the ultimate important entity in this world. And I'm doing what? I'm doing things that, what will I do in my life? I will pursue things that make me happy. I'm pursuing myself. I'm pursuing to gratify my own mitzvahs. That's our malchus to go world. Meaning that's where you're living under the hell and the hester that the world is something. But we all have a higher self. We all have a neshama that's living in the reality as Enoid Movad. And from that neshama we got to shine light. We got to shine light from our transcendental neshama into our other self and see what Leo's comet tzimtzumim rabim vatzumim in which there are many tzimtzumim sheyeh b'chenas am which creates us to not feel that there is enoid malvade there is none but the abish the oilam what does malchus do malchus malchus cham malchus kol oilamais can also mean it's the malchus of all the helamais all the concealments creating concealment after concealment, 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 to the point that we can live in a moment that's totally godless. And that's what he means. You should be like, <coughs> which comes from the word gecholim, um, uh, uh, um, coals that are, that are extinguished. Inside there's a fire, but outside all you see is a coal. So too is inside every creation there's a godly spark. But you don't see it on the outside because the creation is unaware of it. That's called Lashon Oymemois. Devarim Zarim, entities that are being sustained by God. That means there's a spark, there are embers, inside there's fire, but they don't experience that. Venefradim, they're separated. Ki ein melech beloyam, because the whole union of the Ebersh to Melech is that he needs people that are not him. Upchenes chachma hu koyachma. And what's the power of chachma? As a Jew, <clears throat> As a Jew, we have the ability to function from our koyachma truth 
Every day by davening, when we say Shema Yisrael Hashem Alakeinu Hashem Achad, we expand, we enter into a, we're, we're above Baruch Shem Kavod Machusel Le'olam Vod. There is no Malchus. There's Einoid Malvade. There's only Eibushter. And from that truth that we experience when we say Shema Yisrael Hashem Alakeinu Hashem Achad, from that Emes, we're going to take the light for the rest of the day, and we're going to see how can I live the entire day and all my experiences in state of total bittle to the Eibishter, where I'm not gratifying myself, I'm gratifying him. As if there's no world, there's only the Eibishter. In a sense, what the Rebbe is talking about over here is Yehudi Allah. He's not talking about Yehudi Tata. Yehudi Tata is when we're, we feel ourselves and we're being bottled to the Eibishter. You know, it's at a much level, lower level of Yehud. We're, 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 we're concentrating on bottle to the Eibishter as a melech. The Rebbe is talking over here about Yehudi Allah. You're using your neshama, your imcha loicha fatzti. I don't want anything but you to become your guiding light in your life. And that's the idea of avoidus habirurim. The ultimate birur is to elevate, elevate the world to a state of total yichud with the Eibishter, that there's no world. What does it mean there's no world? The worlds don't exist anymore as something a part of Hashem. They exist as totally assimilated in Him. There's no, like it says, after Tchiyas HaMesim, we're... The mitzvahs are bottled. Why are, it says an interesting thing. It says, after Tchiyas HaMetzvah, there's no more mitzvahs. How can there be no more mitzvahs? We're not going to put on tefillin. You are going to put on tefillin, but there's no more mitzvah to put on tefillin. It's going to be natural to wear tefillin. Why? Because the Eberster wears tefillin. And if the Eberster wears tefillin, then your, your hand, your physical hand, is going to be experienced as, it's like, it's like it says that the Alter Rebbe used to go to sleep, used to, Erev Shabbos, he would go to sleep. Reb Hillel Pireche would also go to sleep. Because it says, Erev Shabbos above, there is, a, there is a dermut, everybody goes to sleep. In heaven, there is a sleep, a nap that takes Erev Shabbos. The Alta Rebbe would go to, so the, I don't remember who it was, I think the Friedrich Rebbe, the Alta Rebbe didn't go to sleep, the Alta Rebbe fell asleep. Since above there was sleeping, he fell asleep. Rabbi Hilparacher knew that there's an Indian to go to sleep, and he went to sleep. That's the difference between Yehud Tata and Yehud Allah. Yehud Tata means, I, I, I'm, I'm commanded to put on tefillin, I'm putting on tefillin. After Tchiyas HaMes, I'm not commanded to put on tefillin, I'm putting tefillin. The only Indian of a right hand is a, is a hand that wears tefillin. That's what a hand is. It's the Eberster's hand. So my hand wears tefillin. It's going to come, we're going to do all the mitzvahs, but we're not going to be commanded to do the mitzvahs. It's going to be like a natural thing to do the mitzvahs. So the Rebbe is saying, how are we going to get eventually to Tchiyas HaMes? How are we going to get to that? Because today... Today's days, we don't only operate and function from Yehuda Tata, from the lower Yehud, we also operate from Yehuda Allah. Which means we say Shema Yisrael, and hopefully we reach deep levels of consciousness where Enoid Movadai. And from that higher consciousness, we approach our activities and we scrutinize it with the filter of Yehuda Allah, this higher Yehud. In other words, the filter is, can this thing become completely assimilated into God that there's nothing but God, or it can't? Now, can I take the coffee into this? Yeah. Can I take the piece of chocolate in? Maybe. Everything needs to be filtered with that filter. In this case of Yehudi Allah. To elevate things, from the world of separation. To tie it, and to unify his barach, to the bittel of him himself, not to a bittel of a world that's bottled to the Eberster, like a servant that's bottled to its king. No, nothing but the Eberster. That's Yehudi Allah. And that's the power that does the bitter. Now, the bitter, 
Now he wants to explain the Pasuk. What happens when you're Lifnei HaMelech? So the Rebbe is going to explain that with the Sefer, Sefer is the, is the filter. The ultimate filter and screen that screens everything and does the bitter is the Sefer. What is Sefer? In simple words he says, Sefer is your Kayach HaMachshava. And your Kayach HaMachshava is really your Kayach of Bina. Bina is Machshava. Malchus is, is Peh, Mouth, Dibur, and Bina is Machshava. And he says an interesting thing. He says that all birurim happen in machshava, and I'll, I'll explain it in the most simplest of terms. In the most simplest of terms. Um, someone calls you. They have a they have a business proposal for you. They want you to buy, if you're a businessman, they want you to buy a certain product. If I'm a rabbi over here. Uh, they want to suggest to me that they can do a service for the shul. They want to provide a certain service. They want me to take uh, whatever. Uh, they want to do a performance in this place. And they want me to make a decision uh, to have them come or not. Like anything. You're always approached with constant things in your life. People want your... People, people or things want to enter your life. And you, uh, so how do you... At first, you have a desire. First, it sounds really great. So first, you have a, a desire. In that desire that you initially have to, it, there's no beer, there's no good or bad. You have a desire. It sounds like good. It sounds amazing. The guy sounded convincing on the phone for one second. Then you say, okay, send it to me in an email. Sends it to you. And what do you do? You read about it. And you analyze it in where? In your machshav, in your thought. And what happens in your thought? Your thought is, an, is, is a powerful filter. It takes a look and it might say, you know what? This is not for me. Take it back. I'm not interested in this. It might say, what? Well, this is amazing. I'm grabbing it. But most of the times what the Machshava will say, I like A, B, C, F, and G. I don't like uh, D and whatever. This I don't need. I don't want. Let's reject that. I'm, I'm, I'm buying so-and-so. This I'm getting. When you apply your Machshava to something, the machshava does the discrimination. So he says the place, and, but the real, oh, but, but here's the thing. Even though the machshava does the discrimination, it's based on something deeper than machshava. It's, it's, it's based on your essential consciousness that's higher than your machshava of what you're all about. What I'm really saying is like this, Yitl, the beer takes place in Bina, but it's Chachma that's doing the birr in Bina. Chachma itself can't do the birr. Because Chachma itself is Kayachma. It's too, it's too, it doesn't have an, Chachma doesn't, doesn't have analytical abilities. Chachma is just a pure, simple bittle to the Abishter. But when I take that simple bittle to the Abishter and I put it into my Machshava, I allow it to come and to analyze based on that bitle that I have, what am I all about? Then I can take a look at the chocolate. Then I can take a look at the coffee. Then I can take a look at any suggestion that the world is making to me for today to, to enter into my life. Someone wants to give me a new business. Someone wants to get me involved in this or in that. And I can measure it up in my, anal, in my, in my, uh, a nidok, analytical place which is in the left side of the brain which is the bina 
based on the energy of Chachma, the criteria of Chachma. Chachma gives the criteria. What's the criteria? Bittel to the Ebershter. Bina can take that Bittel and dissect it and say, okay, you're bottled to the Ebershter. So you can live a life that's bottled. Let's see what elements, how is this going to fit into that Bittel? How is this going to fit into that Bittel? How is that going to fit into the Bittel? So the Bittel, the Birer takes place. The Mavarer is Chachma, the Bittel. But where does, the, in which place does it happen? It happens in the place of Bina. Bina is called Sefer. Because Bina is Machshava. And it says, and this fits with what it says in Sefer Yitzira, that when the Abish created the world, he created it with three things. Besoifer, Besefer, Ubesipur. With a scribe, with a book, and with a story. So what, what are these three things? Chachma is the Soifer, the scribe. Bina is the... Bina is the Sefer, is the book. And Sipur, as he explains, is Das. But that's not Megeya for now. It's the Sefer and the Sefer. Sefer is the Bina, is the, is the Machshava, the thought. So now we say like this. All Birer happens in Machshava and thought. Like you see, When something falls on your lap, when something occurs before you, someone wants to, as I said before, someone wants to sell you something is the easiest way to see that. Someone wants to get you involved in something. Someone wants to offer you a job. And you think about it. That which is good, you're going to accept. It is, it is, it is absorbed in your moach and machshava to to, to come to that conclusion, so it shall be, and, she, and this is your decision, you're going to follow through so and so, but elements that you notice, I don't like, which things are not good for you, even just, Rav here doesn't have to be morally or ethically Rav, what you see right now as Rav for you, not good for you, you push it out outside. And Machshav is called Sefer, because what's, Sefer, a Sefer is a combination of words, of letters. And what's Machshava? It's where all the words are taking place, where your stream of consciousness of words are happening. Okay, that that's called Sefer. So just like in a person, there is something like that, Sefer. So the same above, there is something called the Ebeshter Sefer. Kol HaKosov Besefer. Anybody that's written in God's book, what's God's book? God's book is the book of life. And the Ebeshter in that book of life, Whoever is in that book is given a right to exist, to thrive, and to live in the ultimate world. Whoever, now that book selects what is brought into the book, like Machshav. Ultimately, basically what we're willing is the Abish is still writing his book about creation. We haven't started living yet the world of creation. The world of creation is going to start once Mashiach comes in. Until then, we're just selecting good and bad of who's going to be part of that world and who's going to be rejected. So the ultimate wicked and extreme, extreme wicked needs to be filtered out and, and cleansed and removed from the world. They can't be there in that reality. That which is not, right? So, but where is that Sefer? That Sefer is not on the level of Malchus. Because Adarab, Malchus, from the world, Malchus is speech. From the world of the Abish to speech, the Abish to creates the world and he creates toiv and ra, and he sustains even klipas. So as long as the Abish is running the world only from Malchus, then what? 
I don't know if anybody's chapping what I'm talking about. As long as the, I totally don't realize if anybody's chapping, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. As long as the Eber, but I, I, I am understanding, so I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if anybody else is chapping. As long as the Eberster is running the world only from Malchus, from, from the Melech and onward, the Eberster created a world that should be Nifrad. And once the world is Nifrad, there are those that are, you'll have both. You'll have good, good subjects and bad subjects. But the bad subjects aren't necessarily eradicated and chased off, off the planet. There's no reason. Malchus doesn't, doesn't demand it. But when the Eberster runs the world, not from Malchus, but there is an Esgalus of the Eberster's machshava, thought, Bina. Once Bina gets involved, Bina is the filter. So if the Eberster is running the world only from, the, from Malchus, from the name of Elohim, he, remember we learned two weeks ago that the, from, the, from, the, from the last 48 combinations of the name Elohim, Cham, Admas Bnei Cham, Esav, Mitzrayim, they all get chayas from it. But when the Eberster elevates and, 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 and he's operating from Bina, from the upper A, over there he's measuring everything. Is this thing possible? To, can this reflect me, be unified with my, with, my, with my truth, or this can't? And there he rejects that, which is bad. What does it take that the Eberster should be operating from scrutinizing the world and even the Klippa and the Sitra Achra from the Bina level and not from Malchus. What takes up when we, the Jewish people, rise above Malchus and we are, as we spoke earlier, Esther comes before the Melech and she rises past Malchus and she has her ultimate beer and what? That she's bottled to the Abish to the Legamri Legamri and we so then, when we, because we come into the Sefer, higher than Malchus, into Bina, into that total Yehudi law unification with the Eibishter, event that brings the rest of the world also up, higher than Malchus. Because where the Jewish people are, that's where the rest of the world comes. But in this case today, Machshav and Bina is the same thing. So when we enter into that deeper world of Machshava, because our connection to God is on a much deeper, purer state, it brings the rest of the creation also up into that higher place. The only difference is we thrive from that place because we're all about Bittal. The Kalipa gets completely evicted. They get evicted in that, in that place. And the Rebbe gives an example of the idea of um, when a king... Uh, there is a the king has a cabinet, and they're all very royal, very sophisticated. They're they are uh, what do you call it? Um, what is it? Aristocrats, and they're and they're highly educated. And and then there is a guy. He's an army general. He's not he's not refined. He hasn't and he made his way. Boop, 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 boop. I mean, he's starting to become a gansamacher over there, but he's unrefined and coarse and low. But he's becoming a very big, big shot, and he's measuring around. If the king wants him to fall, one of the things the king might do is might invite him into amongst the aristocrats. So once he comes up to live amongst the aristocrats, what's going to happen? Because he doesn't know the refined way of talking, and because he doesn't know the fine mannerisms, and because he has absolutely no knowledge in the higher arts and sciences and languages and so on and so forth, he's going to sound like an utter bore amongst the people, he's gonna become a laughing stock and they're gonna chase him out and he's gonna have his ultimate fall. So sometimes the Abishta brings the Kalipas up to a much higher inner place because in that place they can't stand. 
once, and how does that happen? Once we, the Jewish people, are elevated past Malchus, we enter into the world of Machshava because our Avoidah is not for ourselves, not to benefit, not to be a Nifrat, but in total bittel to the Ebershter, as we said before, to the point, she brings the entire creation up, including the Klippas. But when the Klippas come into this zone, they are like totally, completely destroyed. The Rebbe is going to explain that's the reason of this whole story of the Megillus Esther. What does Esther do in order to destroy Haman? It's a weird story. What does Esther do in order to destroy Haman? Yeah, but what, what did she do before that? She invites him to the most private feast. She's elevating him. And, and, and what, does, what does Haman do? He walks out of the feast, he's thinking like he's on, like he's on this highest place. And he says, Who would the king want to make things? And Esther did that to him. She picked him up, she clothed his heart. To, to, he said, when I see Mordechai sitting over there, I can't take it. But look, I'm the greatest. She lifted him up. And she lifted him up spiritually. And when she lifted him up spiritually, she, he's a, he's a, he's poshet, a smelling, stinking, whatever. And when he comes in amongst spiritual people into a very high place, very godly place, his stench is so horrible they throw him out of the palace. But as long as he's hanging out on the bottom, 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 out in the very, no one looks at him, so he can continue thriving. That's why we know that wicked, before they fall, they rise very high. Because dafka, when they rise high, that's the Mapala. But how do you get them high? You get them high after this beer. That's what he's saying. Azai then from below. when she comes before the king. When she comes in a state of bitter. And this is her beer. What's her beer? Esther's beer, as we spoke earlier, that her ratzin, Knesset Yisrael's ratzin, becomes purer and purer and purer to the point it becomes so pure, I don't want anything but you yourself. And remember, I, even though the Alter Rebbe doesn't say it, I, I think I connected it, I hope I'm right, where he says, where, where, where you see that in the time of Megillah's Esther Taka, the Jewish people came to that very pure dedication of Sirius Nefesh to the Yevishter, where it wasn't based on getting anything. It was a pure... It wasn't like based on the Abishta supporting our existence. It was rather us melting into his, into his reality. Because as I mentioned earlier before the break, that the Jewish people had nothing to gain by being Jewish then. They loved God because they wanted to be committed to the Abishta. They came to this pure state. And therefore they rose totally beyond Malchus. They rose into the Yichud. What happens then? <coughs> that causes in his oiris from above. The Abishta takes out the Sefer. The Ebershta does a bitter from Chachma. And it's interesting. Omar is Chachma, Sefer is Bina. Omar ima Sefer is the connection of Chachma with Bina. That's the combination of letters, God's letters, of how he's thinking he wants a world. And when the Ebershta looks at those words, the Ebershta what? He does what? Then the Eberster decides, based on the Eberster's thought process, when God is using that inner thought, he looks at his world and he says, this doesn't belong in my world. This is ugly. This is bad. This pushes the evil out, expels the evil. And all the dregs, and, and uh, residue, shluche hadin, all the forces of, 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 
of agents of judgment, va'akitrog, and all the prosecutors, all the accusing forces, Part of living world is to live part of our life under the under the clouds, under Malchus, under the sun, under the moon. Part is that the Abishta created Satan and he created, and these things get in the way. They really interfere. And sometimes they get a little bit overly, overly, overly powerful. I mean, they get too strong. They, they gain a lot of power, strength. And, and that's kind of part of the system that he allows them to grow. But now, when he's looking at it, in Sefer, he cleans up the house. It's almost like cleaning the swamp, draining the swamp. The Abishta says, I'm going to drain the swamp. Let me clean out everything that's there. Things that are interfere in service of the Abish, things that block us, and the Abish turns his bad machshava of Haman on his own head. And how are they rectified? How are they elevated? Which means how are they filtered and, and expelled and screened? You have to elevate them to the discriminating part of the Ebershtus Bina, of the Ebershtus Machshava, Daika. When they're elevated to this high place, this causes them to fall. And to be expelled outside. As long as they're not elevated higher, as long as they stay below Malchus, as long as they stay down there in the lower worlds, eh, they're not necessarily swept out. Why? Because they're so meaningless. Like we say, a spider is chased, everybody chases the spider. But in a king's palace, because it's so insignificant, it's so small, the spider finds itself a little corner, it makes a little nest, and it can stay there for years. So too, it's not the vastness of the Abishter, the klipa is so small and insignificant, eh, so he doesn't bother with it. But meanwhile, they become a menace. They become a horrible force in this world. They make a lot of tsars. But they can get away with it. They're like the sediments. And when you have a good, when you have a good, a, a very, very good uh, bottle of wine, in the bottom of the bottle of wine, you're going to have sediments. So no one bothers by no one is bothered by the sediments. Sediments are there. Not only that, it says the wine becomes better when there are sediments on the bottom. So too, it says the Jewish people actually, the, the, the wicked, the wicked, the evil, the forces of darkness, they they help us. How do they help us? Because they made gazeras and stuff like that, and they cause us to do tshuva. So the fact that Esau was around all these years kept Yaakov. So sometimes the sediments, the bad stuff, actually cause the wine on the top to become better. I'm not saying, who, we, what? No, we shouldn't do it, but soif calls soif. It's a force in the world. It says in the Pasuk, Paray Hikriv, that Paray made the Yidin do tshuva. Hikriv, uh, their hearts of the Yom Shemayim. So the fact that Klippas are here in the world, as long as they're in the bottom of the bottle, they can, they can, they can survive and there's justification for them to be there. Like it says, the shmarim yimtsu the klipas derive their energy from the shmarim from the sediments. They are the shmarim. lamata when they're below So it's nice for them. and this is the reason. But when the Abishta wants to get rid of them, what does he do to them? 
he allows them to start getting think of themselves that they're that they're important and special, and they start elevating themselves. Before they fall, they start rising and thinking that they're so great. Like it was by Haman. Achashverosh elevated him over all the ministers. Like it says, before someone breaks, is gaiva. They have gaiva. Before they break, they swell up and they become so great. It says, by Edoim, if you will rise like an eagle, you're full of yourself, I will throw you down. From there I will cast you down. If they wouldn't rise, he would have never fell. But the fact that you're flying up to such a high place, they're very rising up to this high place. This is what calls their defeat, their, 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 their lowliness and their fall. Because when they try to stick their noses up to a spiritual place that's high, see, even though this happens subconsciously, because it's not to say that the, the physical uh, people down here realize that they're going up to a high place, but as they become self-inflated, their importance, and they become so great, it causes their malach above also to believe that he's important, that he's great, that he can rise up and stick his nose into the places of Kedusha. The moment he puts his nose in there, he's... As I said earlier, it's like taking this coarse peasant and inviting him into the king's cabinet. After a few days, everybody's going to see that he's a laughing stock and they're going to throw him out of there. He doesn't belong there. They can't stand in the level of safer. They can stand in the Eberster's Dibur. Mouth, yeah. From Malchus they can take, but not from, not from the Machshava. That's why they were erased from the Book of Life. When they are below, they, they don't mean anything and no one bothers with them. Commercial tzaya, like feces, when you have it in the in the in the basakise, when you have it in the in the in the in the bathroom, okay, ashpa and on the dirt, in the dump, it belongs there. If you bring the the all this 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 whatever into the house, you throw it out immediately. When do the clippers come in front of the scrutinizing eye of the Ebershtus discriminating eye of the Ebershtus Chachme and Bina, which is higher than Malchus? When do they come? When are they elevated to that place? Once Knesset Yisrael has risen to this place, and not only risen, but Knesset Yisrael has completed their bitter. Which means we're, we're already past the safer. We're, we're past that filtering. Because as we said earlier, it has, we've already demonstrated our Messiris Nefesh to the Abishter. There's no reason anymore. It reminds me of what it says in Zayar. You know, Yitl, uh, it says in the Zayar. All those that are going to taste from your safer, from the safer of Zayar, they're not going to have to go through the beer. It says, it says in Zayar. That when Mashiach will come, before Mashiach comes, they won't have to be tested because by them, by those that are tasting primius satira, the primius satira already, based on what we're learning now, it makes sense to me. Is when you learn chasidus, you learn primius satira, it creates within you already a purity of motive. It directs your nefeshalikis. So you don't have to go through the same birurim that those who don't have chasidus. Because they mean, in other words, it's a certain purification to reach that. 
that purity of motive. So what he's saying over here is after Knesset Yisroel has had its elevation. What's the elevation of Knesset Yisroel? Shubchinas nekudes penimi yisalev. The innermost of the heart of the Jewish people. Where our desire is not, like the Alter Rebbe explains in another mimer, pras to get a to get a little piece to get to gain something. But our avoid is pras. But when Knesset Yisrael is not on that high level, when Knesset Yisrael is still below, which means that our motivation in serving God is still very immature. And very, 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 very for personal gratification and personal gain. We still need the bitter on our own. As long as you still need to filter the wine, you don't filter the sediments. When do you filter the sediments? After you filter the wine and the wine is completely clean, you might go ahead and filter the sediments. So the Rebbe is saying, as long as the Jewish people still need beer, the Ebersh is not going to apply his scrutinating beer to the chitzainias, to the, to the nations. So they can thrive and do well. But once we have our beer already, and he gives another example, um, in, in our own Nefesh Bahamas, we find, you can't do a beer in your Nefesh Bahamas, until you don't have clarity in your Nefesh Alikis. It's Gavaldi, this is so Gavaldi. Realize how deep, how, 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 how empowering this mimer is. The Rebbe is saying that you can't do a beer in your Nefesh Bahamas unless you first have a certain zichuch in your Nefesh Alikis. So, what's the zichuch in the Nefesh Alikis? The zikr of the natural kiss is that your spirituality should be clean spirituality. Sometimes you wonder, like, oh, I'm so, I'm so far grabbed, my nefesh Bahamas. What's the, why should I learn chasidis? Why should I learn chasidis? It's so high. It's, no. First Indian is get purity in your Yiddishkeit. Make, what's it? If you don't learn chasidis, then the ruchnius is coarse. Grabber ruchnius. That means even when you don't learn ruchnius, it's a. It's, 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 uh, like uh, Lipa Schmelzer sings. Uh, uh, he sings from Tase Mitzvah Tikna Olam Haba. Tase Mitzvah Tikna Olam Haba. That's a song. It annoys the heck out of me, that song. <laughs> Why? I can't stand coarse Yiddishkeit. Have an edel Yiddishkeit. Do a mitzvah because you want to make a dira for the Ebishter. You want to make a home for God. You want Mashiach to come. You want That's edelkeit in your Yiddishkeit. Once your nefesh kiss is in a pure state, then as a now obviously the Alter Rebbe is talking much deeper than that, that you should should have a desire in your nefesh. I'm I'm saying it in a very, on a very on a very uh, on a very uh, general level, on a very light level, that you have a purity in a certain direction in your nefesh kiss. The Alter Rebbe is talking obviously over here that you create within your nefesh kiss a desire of mili b'shamayim. I don't want anybody. I only want you alone, in in a palpable desire. Once you have that pure desire and after the kiss, then you'll find that you're, you're able to like do put your nefesh Bahamas under the screw to, under the under the scanner and scan out what's good and what's bad and it gets rejected. But as long as your nefesh kiss is still confused and it's not clear and it doesn't have a clear, then you can't be mavar. You can't, it's some, similar to what the Alter Rebbe says about this week in the Tanya we learned last week, that you can't elevate machshavas that are coming, uh, don't try to fix them. When you're still below, how can you elevate those machshavas? But when you're above, then you can elevate 
Now the interesting thing, in the other mimer he says over here, the nefesh of the kiss has a very easy bearer. Because the bearer of the nefesh of the kiss, the of the kiss even, even when it's not nizbarer, the nefesh of the kiss even prior to its bearer never really is coarse. It gets a little bit, it can get a little bit, it can get a little sticky from the nefesh of Bahamas, the nefesh of the kiss. So you have to unstick it. But be'etzim, the nefesh of the kiss, so it's easy to do the bearer in the nefesh of the kiss. But once you free your nefesh of the kiss and clarify your, 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 your connection to the Ebesh, the Mitzad Yenishama, then automatically, uh, through the bearer of levushin of holiness, which is thought, speech, and action, that are misbarred, which is through which you're putting yourself into the garments of the Abishter, like the Altareb explains in Tanya. When you're learning Torah, you're enveloping yourself in God's garments, and that elevates and purifies your Nefeshalikis. My soul is going to be wrapped up in the wrapper of light, es Hashem. That's the supernal ratzen. And it raises the nefesh up. Meaning you're doing mitzvahs and you're surrounding yourself with the ratzen elyon. But what is that doing to your nefesh? That ratzen is more than your nefesh. The ratzen of the gilgoylas, which means a ratzen that's not for self-gratification, but the ratzen that I want to be melt into you, Hashem. I don't want anything for myself. Once that's... Raise the head, which means raise your, your hisboininus, the Alter Rebbe says, to your skull, that your desire should be an infinite desire, as Alter Rebbe explains in Pashas Bamidbar. Your desire should be not selfish. It should be to the Ebishter himself. Once you do that, then you, then, then you can do a beer in your Nefesh Bahamas as well. In other words, automatically, the Nefesh Bahamas then gets schlepped under the, under the, razor, the laser beam of holiness, and it chops off that which is fagrept, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it does a beer and allows, brings it. So same, just like it is in our Nefesh Kiss or Nefesh Bahamas, it's also in the world as, at large. When Jews are Nizbarer, it focuses, then the beer moves to the Gentiles and does a beer amongst the Gentiles. And that's the Tikkun HaShalem at the very, very end where the Klippas go falling right and left and only the very, very pure of the pure remain standing and are included into the, into the realm of holiness. Obviously, this mimer needs a lot, a lot, a lot of commentary still to be able to take it from its very, very abstract, um, deep state to a more tangible discussion. Uh, but I think uh, we, the gist of it we got. Okay.